The Tops Off World Tour is back starting September 14th in Raleigh, North Carolina. Then we're on to Charlotte. Atlanta, Greenville, Evansville the very next week, Kansas City, Missouri, Wichita, Kansas, Dallas, Texas, Houston, Texas, Fresno, California, San Jose, Anaheim at the Honda Center, San Diego, and then obviously Red Rocks, October 4th, that Thursday we're in Vail, Hollywood, Florida at the Hard Rock Live, October 12th, and October 13th, Jacksonville, Mobile, Alabama, Abbots Ford, British Columbia, Seattle, Washington at the Climate Pledge Arena, Portland, Oregon, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Cincinnati, Ohio, Nashville at the Bridgestone Arena, Little Rock, Arkansas, Springfield, Missouri, Philadelphia, Norfolk, Virginia, Winston-Salem, North Carolina, Fairfax, Virginia, Roanoke, Virginia, Rochester, New York, Worcester, Mass, Newark, New Jersey, Providence, Rhode Island, closing out the Top Soft World Tour Sunday, December 10th in Albany at the MVP Arena. I will see you on the road. Go to burperburt.com for tickets. First of all, I have four ex-wives. Roseanne's not my worst. But there's nothing that I could ever she say she could ever say that would offend me because right when we broke up, she hosted Saturday Night Live, the first episode. So I had friends over. I go, let's watch Rosie, my old friend. Uh, I'm sure we're past the divorce stuff. And the first joke she did was something about Tom Arnold's three-inch penis. I remember watching that. Like, first of all, it's confidential. <laughs> How how many kids do you have? Just two? I have the two kids. Uh, uh, I'm 64 and a half. Well, you, know, you look great, by the way. Well, I feel good. You look feel great. Good. I heard you had a stroke. I did. I bet he stroke. But you look great. Thank you. I had to lose a lot of weight, which I should have done before, probably. And, Wait, how much do you weigh right now? Uh, I weigh about uh, two, uh, it's 15, probably. But I was up 280-something, 285. Really? I've been over 300 before. I've lost 100 pounds three times. <laughs> and, uh, and I know doctors say that's good for you, but. I'll tell you, it's not good for your skin. We were, I enjoy when you have your shirt off and kids, the kids are like, would you do that? I go, no, I, first of all, I've had too many surgeries. I don't even have a belly button. Like it's over. Like, Wait, it's, what do you mean? How many surgeries have you had? I've had a, a few. I, I had a couple where they had to just split me open really quick. Like heart surgeries? Uh, no, I, knock on wood. I haven't had heart. I have oh, you heart, had organ failure. I had organ failure. I had, uh, I have heart failure. That's a thing. I have, you know, heart disease. I have cardiomyopathy. And I assume one day I'll have to do something, but no, I went septic once and, uh, uh which is, uh, one of my small intestine burst. And I didn't know I was like, you know, and then with the heart failure, I, I called my own ambulance. I'm like, Hmm, something's up. And I was like, I'll drive myself to UCLA. I'll, and then I was like, maybe I should call the ambulance. And, uh, fortunately they came and but what's heart failure feel like? Well, it was, uh, it you know, heart your heart just stops pumping, you know, have a, had a 5%. But for my f situation, I couldn't breathe. And I was like, and I couldn't even breathe. By the time the ambulance guys got there, I couldn't even tell them what was wrong. Really? Like I couldn't uh, communicate. But then my, everything shut down. You know, my kidneys, my uh, everything. I Jesus. was on uh, ECMO, which is the heart-lung machine. When I sort of came to, like, what? No, do you no. ever think, do you ever wonder how old you're going to live to? Well, you do think of that. Well, you think, I think of, that, of that all the time. Yeah, but you think of that in, like, okay, Quinn, when she gets out of college, I'll be eighty. Like, then you start looking for eighty-year-old guys that still got it going on. You know, Arnold's uh, seventy-six this month. He's in great. Yeah, shape. Yeah, he's in great shape. But he's had a heart attack. He's had heart valve replaced twice, like emergency situations. Yeah. So I don't know if he's had a heart attack. I haven't had a heart attack, which is shocking. But, uh, yeah, he's had. You know, he's he put his body through some hell. But wait, know? when did you stop putting your body through hell? 
Uh, and just when I'm talking like drugs and alcohol. Oh, yeah, drugs and alcohol. Well, I have, a, I have a kind of an interesting story. I haven't drank since December 10th, 1989, and I was 19 years sober. I wrecked my motorcycle on PCH and broke my back. And uh, up to that point, I'd tell guys I sponsored, I'm not an opioid guy, <clears throat> not a heroin. That's not my thing, man. I'm cocaine, booze. And the ambulance came, and the guy gets out and said, are you a pain? And I said, yes. And he said, not anymore. Gave me a shot of fentanyl. And I was like, <clears throat> oh, shit, that's what I've needed. No, I, that's, all, <laughs> that's what I need for to make life okay. And so I stayed on it. <clears throat> the pain, you know, you have to have a certain amount of pain medication normally. To, but I, I realized it, it, at my 20th anniversary of sobriety, I was get, about to get a cake. And I thought, I'm still on the pain medication uh, from 18 months ago. I am not sober. I am going to eat this cake. But oh then I'm going to start over tomorrow. Cake and fentanyl. That, yeah. that sounds like an orgy. Yeah. But then I'm starting. I'm going to start over tomorrow. And then seven years ago, I went to do this reality show in uh, South Africa. Uh, you know, I was hurting for money. And, and it's where you, you uh, it only airs in Australia, I was told. And you parachute in uh, in the middle of the night into the world's biggest game reserve with nothing. That's what you, that's what I signed up for. Because nothing. You have to survive. <laughs> which is crazy but i remember before i went i went i gotta get some uh some zadex oh yeah, yeah oh, okay so okay i'm my yeah. own doctor i need to get 90 10 milligrams zadex and then so, 10 milligrams is a lot of yeah. xanax <laughs> but you know you're in africa you don't know but it, then i i had an issue with benzos which is what they're called yeah which was super weird benzos are hard to get <clears> off of they're the hardest i had a buddy uh i had a buddy we tried to get him to go to rehab um <clears> his family more I, it wasn't me i'm yeah. not the guy they go to for rehab calls yeah. but uh I was definitely the guy he called when they said they wouldn't let him in rehab because of benzos. Oh, wow. And it was Xanax. And he was like, I'm, I'm sober. Like, I'm just yeah. taking Xanax because I have yeah. panic attacks. But he was taking a lot of Xanax. Yeah, that's the thing. And it gets a weird, it's a weird double thing you got going where you sort of run this loop of this movie. And then there's the other reality. And and what what I was, I, I did, I was like, I don't know. I just can't, I just need to detox off Xanax. That's why I need to go to this rehab. And I was there about a week. I wasn't really buying in. And Chris Cordell, who That's was so a singer. That's so interesting because you yeah. are, I've always thought of you as a sober guy. I really, yeah, I, yeah, no, I, no. I don't know if you know no. this, but we met a long time ago at, uh, at LAX. Oh, at okay. The, at, at Baggage Claim. Yes. It was when I was not, I was not, uh, I was just a young comic. Yeah. And I, and I was, I was, I saw you and, and I went up and I introduced myself and you're really kind. And I think I've run into you a couple times since. Yes. But, um. You were the guy yeah. that I always thought if and when I, I got out of control, yeah. I could. I was like, "That's who I'll call." Yeah, that, I think well, it still me. stands. It still yeah, stands. Yeah. You know, but like, but it's interesting to hear your personal struggles. Yeah, because you think guys like you are just like yeah. you're perfect. Yeah, like you don't struggle at all. Yeah, and it's in, it's it nice. is a struggle, and it never stops. You know, it's always this disease that wants to kill me. It's always there. And being get, thinking for a second, I got this thing licked was really my my issue with those two things. My sponsor got arrested 41 years ago, once when he was 18 and he's never done drugs or drugs since. I'm like, that's a, God, you a good that's sponsor. a, how does that happen? You know, how many times have I been arrested? How many times have, you know, but you get to a point where also I think the world has changed and you think about mental health too. That's something that you got to get the complete, you know, uh, a package and, and, and we are our own doctor. Some people t take a, Xanax righteously that their their doctor, you know, but but you have to be aware that's a insidious thing too, and no judgment on what people do, but beware because that's a tough. Anyway, it was so, my it was my Xanax was my my 
come down off off of a bender. Yeah. Like when when uh, and I I ran this by my doctor one time, yeah. and I was like, when I you know I'm, say I'm on the road for two weeks straight and we're partying and having mm -hmm. fun, no coke or drugs, mm -hmm. maybe weed, a lot of weed and yeah. edibles and 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 booze. But on that Monday when I landed, I'd take a Xanax at 4 p.m. so yeah. that I didn't because I knew that if I took it, I yeah. wouldn't drink and I'd right. sleep well and I'd wake up going, yeah, I feel great. I shouldn't drink this mm -hmm. week. And so then that was my and I'd take like but I'd, I'd take 0.25 milligrams. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're a reasonable. You're a normie at what we call, you know, my thing uh, when I was drinking, I'd wake I'd be like, I'm going to be a hungover. I have to drink more in the morning. More back in the Real. day, Long Island iced teas where I drank that oh seven God. shots, and there's just no getting around. The only cure for me was more booze. Really, but but you know, if you if you drink, I've seen a lot of hardcore alcoholics now that are not drug guys that are just straight up people died from just alcohol, which is I've, I haven't seen. I've never seen that either. Mm -hmm. I've had I had a buddy I went to college with die from. I have two buddies. Um, I have two buddies who died. Uh, from alcoholism mm -hmm. and, and there was an i knew another dude that over the pandemic that died from alcoholism mm -hmm. like it's just crazy because there's a part of me that if i if i do drink i don't get hung over but i, I don't know mm -hmm. if that's based on how much i drink or not mm -hmm. but I, I do drink a lot but i but i don't get hung over and i can i work out in the morning yeah. I polar plunge i sauna yeah i do like my gratitudes like mm -hmm. I, i'm not I'm, I'm a pretty present individual mm -hmm. i just i know that it's just not good for me the amount of sugar going into my body is that's not good what for my, is. yeah that my is liver a, is yeah well yeah alcohol turns to sugar that's why i love it yeah. i think that's was my first addiction when i was 12 when i first started drinking beer beer i'm like there's something about this that i love everything about i love being fucked up obviously were you in iowa yeah it's humble iowa southeast iowa what year is this like like 12 years old i'm well I'm 12 years old i would have been like 1972 like a wow so hold on so wait so I, I'm just the first time you got drunk. Not to romanticize it, no, uh, but because no, I, I know that's that. something you're not supposed yeah. to do in in sobriety. No, but, but like I'm always curious. Like I was the uh, the Cure, Susie and the Banshees, oh, the Smiths. Absolutely. That was that was what yeah. we were listening to. Yeah, the night first night we got drunk off yeah. uh, off Natty Light in the backyard, and we all had like trench coats on. Oh yeah, and like and like shirts buttoned to the top, and we were like. Because we thought that's what the girls were into, and we were into that. Yeah, of course. But I remember the the Smiths being like, "Yeah, that was the energy of the of the evening of that whole summer, yeah. that whole f freshman year of college, high school, leading into the summer. It was the Smiths, and then and then Tracy Chapman showed up, mm -hmm. and and uh, and the Indigo Girl. It was a crazy. But what was music was playing when you? Well, first, first of all, uh, uh, what we would do, you know, uh, I did a lot of farm work. We bailed hay, we uh, detasseled cord, we rogue beads and uh uh which is funny because my kids i drive them they they like doing fun they have to drive an hour and a half outside of town here and pay 200 dollars so they can pick vegetables <laughs> which is crazy to me but um yeah zz top i i it was when i was maybe 12 you know the first time i got really drunk was 11 at the football field because one of the dads in the neighborhood gave us all beer who we said was the cool dad yeah and he was just a maniac alcoholic but we we're always like telling my dad, why are you, you're not fun like Frank. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Frank would also spank the kids in the neighborhood, which is weird. He was a great big guy. And, uh, and my dad said, stay the fuck away from Frank. He goes, I, I don't want him, you know, not just spanking you, but he seems like somebody that would spank the the dads too. Yeah. But uh, uh, ZZ Top, man, you know, I mean, I've always got it into uh, uh, music. My first album was Frank Zappa. And I got it because... 
my grandparents, I was raised by a single dad. My mom was long. Your mom was an alcoholic? Yeah. <laughs> my first alcoholic drugs were from my mom. Really? And same with my sister. There's a documentary series about my sister called Sister Queen was the biggest uh, yeah. meth dealer on the West Coast, best, correct? Best dealer in America. Like, she did it out of Iowa. Biggest drug dealer. But, uh, so, yeah, I mean, that was the music. You know, it's funny because my son, who's Ted, he, he, we play a game where he has rap and uh, hip-hop current songs. And I tried to guess, and I, I listen to TikTok radio with them sometimes. There's filthy stuff on there. But oh, yeah. It gives you a good oh, yeah. chance to parrot and go, okay, here's a word you cannot say. you know. But then he does the 70s, the early 70s, and I get one beat, and I know every single, you know, and he's impressed by that. <laughs> but that's all the last thing I can remember. I but, saw something the other day that said Billy Squire. I think it was Billy Squire. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, that he he is the most sampled artist. I think it's Billy Squire. He's the most sample artist because he started all his songs with drum beats. Oh, so yeah. So all the rappers stole yeah. all his drum beats because that was the first thing they heard. And they were yeah. like, oh, I can rap over this. Yeah, right. Well, he, he was college for me. That was sort of what I was uh, still to meet Packy Platt, but which I worked at for three years and started community college. And then Billy Squire, everybody wants some. And, and, uh, I but, bet you but, were fun as fucking college. But, yeah. But, you know, also music because... I started playing in a band with my one of my stepfathers. I had seven. My favorite stepfather uh, when I was 14 and uh, drumming and go around country rock. So, you know, Creed's Clearwater Revival was really important. I just got a DM from Dan Fogarty. Oh, you did? Yeah. yeah. He asked me to come out and do a show with him in uh, in Red Rocks. That's amazing. Yeah. You know, uh, John Fogarty, I live. Or John Fogarty. John Fogarty. Yeah, but John, John Fogarty. Fogarty's amazing. Yeah, yeah John Fogarty. And he holds... He he's still the same guy. It might have been Dan. Who fucking knows? No, no. Whoever's with the string cheese incident, and uh, they, he like hit me up because I I I come out on stage to Fortunate Son. And oh, I, that's and, definitely and, John. That thought that song rocks. And I, I went under. I went under to um. I went under to uh to a, a CCR song when I had surgery. They got to mm -hmm. let me pick my music. Wow, picked, that's very cool. Yeah, and so he was like, "Hey man, I'll put you under any day." And yeah. then he was like, "Why don't you come out, hang out, maybe do something with us on stage with uh." String cheese incident, but I'm I'm on the tour. I can't yeah. make it. Well, hey, do you do the live version of Fortunate Son that he has, or do you do no, the show? No, I mean he's. I lived next to him for about ten years. I lived between him and Brian Wilson, and uh, 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 just a solid guy, you know. And his politics are solid. He's always been John Fogarty's genius. But to have somebody that important in your life growing up, and then get to know them a little bit. But uh, but Brian Wilson, who's wonderful, but one night I came home from work about 4 a.m. I came in hot. I was driving. It was back in the day when I had a Bentley Turbo, when I had money back in the day before I was poor. And uh, and he was in Trying his robe. Trying to find out what you think poor is. Keep yeah, going. well, he was in his robe in the middle of the street, and I just about killed him. Really? And, uh, I mean, it was like, you know, uh, but but I love that guy. And uh they're such great, but that music it sticks with you. It's a visceral it's, thing, man. You it means something when you hear it. You yeah. know what's cool about your career, not to like, mm -hmm. but when you came on the scene, it was because of Roseanne. Mm -hmm. Like that's how everyone got to know you. But Literally, he hired me. Yeah, yeah. And and then when you did True Lies, was mm -hmm. like my my mm -hmm. moment where I'm like, oh, I'm a Tom mm -hmm. Arnold guy. Mm -hmm. I'm a Tom Arnold mm -hmm. guy. Like I've always been. A, I've always. I don't know. Have you seen the shit going Ro Roseanne's going through right now? I, I, but people always alert me to it. <clears throat> oh, I guess it's like, pretty hard to. And I say, there's nothing my ex-wife could ever say. First of all, I have four ex-wives. Roseanne's not my worst. 
but there's nothing that I could ever she say she could ever say that would offend me. Yeah, because right when we broke up, she would she hosted Saturday Night Live the first episode, and at that time because we started as friends, we met when I was 23. She had, when she still lived in Denver, she wasn't famous, and I knew she was such a great comedian. Though yeah. I worked with her, and, like she was amazing. And then we worked together and stuff, and and uh, but she hosts Saturday Night Live, so I had friends over. I go, let's watch Rosie, my old friend. Uh, I'm sure we're past the divorce stuff. And the first joke she did was something about Tom Arnold's three inch penis. And I remember watching that. Like, first of all, it's confidential. <laughs> but from then on, you know, I did, I did make my best joke ever, which was even a 747 looks small when it lands in the Grand Canyon. But uh, you can't do that joke first because then yeah. you're an asshole. But you know, so for there, I was like, and you know, I did her roast, whatever that was. Yeah, I had not seen her in person in eighteen years, so I did her roast, or and like that was kind of the perfect showbiz thing to do. I was very nervous about it. She really wanted me. She must have needed me to do it. And uh, well, it is. It does go incomplete without you. You are a big part of her story as well, right? Like, and and, and I think. People may see that the opposite, but I mm -hmm. I don't I don't think they it understand. can be two things at once. It's, it can be it, yeah. you you are a huge part yeah. of her story. Yeah, and and, and you know in, in our world, but uh, the roast I was so nervous. First of all, uh, it, you know it, she started she called me the week of the roast when the roast first got announced. I was on Howard Stern. He said, "Are you going to do it?" I go, "I'm not going <coughs> to do it unless I have six weeks to prepare for it. Like mm -hmm. I'm not going to go in last minute and and look stupid." Uh, uh, and the guys that are good at roasts are very good. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not, not good at well, roasts. Yeah, I'm not, but it makes me, but what a, it makes me, I, I don't like making fun of people. And then I really don't like people I don't know making fun of me. I want to, oh, I don't like, I, I don't asses. like it. Uh, well, I, I had my, I did a roast and it was all people I knew, but even still, some of it's so biting. Yeah. That you're like, you're like, ooh, is that what I sound like? Yeah. Is that what my yeah. life is? Do I, yeah. Do I never see my kids? <laughs> That's oh, the worst shit. thing. Yeah. Do I work too hard? <laughs> yeah. Hey, maybe I am an alcoholic. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, and and when I make jokes about people, uh mm -hmm. like I have a I have a friend who uh make jo makes jokes about me a lot and uh I've never had a problem with it. And then I made a joke about him and he kind of lost it. And it was like it's like what are you what does, are you like mad at me? And I was like no, I thought we were joking. Yeah, I'm not that, good at this. I'm not good at this. That's right. Yeah, but so um, it's, it's it's. I mean, people that are good at it, bless them. They're they're amazing. But I uh, and then of course the week of the show, she tries to call me, and uh, and then the producer Joel Gallant's like, "Hey, I know Joel, I know yeah, Joel." Uh, yeah, I said that he called. I said, "I tell me what she's going to ask me because uh, um, it could be a short conversation, and then there's no hope for." And he said, "Well, she'd like you to show up at the roast, dress up like a waiter." serve her a drink and then leave. I go, she wants me to show up at the roast, not roast her or anybody else. And then just leave. And, and he goes, yeah, she thinks it'd be great. I go, see, it's a good thing you called me, not her. Cause that's the worst fucking idea I've ever heard. Oh, and she'd be idea. like, fuck you. No, fuck you. But whatever. Next day, uh, she, they call back. Uh, she'd like you to roast the other people on the dais and then turn to her and kind of give her a fist bump and leave. I go, they don't want me to acknowledge her at all. I go, uh, yeah, he goes, yeah, it's a great idea. I, you know, that's the worst idea. People would be so pissed. Yeah. And then finally, the night before, they're like, uh, whatever you want to do, please come. And they had to, because of our restraining orders against each other, like if I, it's in there that if she makes fun of my penis, she has to pay me 100000 If I make fun of her vagina, or, we basically couldn't put me in the same room. Wait, so, hold on. Yeah, no, I, that's very detailed. Are, are you serious? Very detailed from our divorce. And, uh, and, 
Oh my god! So the lawyers it's had two to be comics a- getting divorced. Yeah, who were like, "Hold on, there's some boundaries we can't cross." Yeah, Shut but they're up. stupid boundaries. They're they're the first ones you think of crossing. So, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, but but the lawyers stayed up all night, and then Saturday it was a Saturday, and I got up in the morning. I was like, "I have no jokes. Like I've done all this stuff." And so, uh, uh, Jed Kirkman, uh, she's, I called her up. I said, I got to do this roast, man. <laughs> wow. And, that is not the name I thought yeah, I'd hear. That is uh, not the yeah, name I thought I'd hear. Yeah. But I, I like her. And, uh, and, I love Jen. Yeah. She's great. And so I said, I got these, some ideas and, and, but basically what I had was it'd been 18 years since I saw her. I had 18 things in my head that I probably thought about what a year, like, yeah. oh, wouldn't it be funny if I said, and so it, it went, uh, well. And then I was like, I'm going to get the hell out of here. And, uh, and, uh, that's it. And then the la- next I heard was her politics where she's pro Trump, which she hated Trump. We were together, but, and I was, I did not, I've not, I don't do not like Donald Trump. He's a terrible person. And, uh, so I was like, well, that's interesting. And then her show was coming and then I, you know, very supportive. She hired a lot of writers that we, we know. And, yeah. uh, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. I wrote a review for Hollywood reporter, very, uh, you know, positive, you know, I don't think any show is as good as it was the first six years when, when I was on it. I mean, that's just how these shows go. And it's hard to reboot stuff. It's really hard. You know, the people don't remember that show was canceled the first time. And John Goodman wasn't there. He was dead the last year of the show. Yeah. So they had to figure out a way to get him. But, 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 yeah, you know. it was the last year was a little bit like they ran a bowling alley or something. Or is that what it was? I don't, I don't know. But it was, it was disjointed because it yeah. was like, it was mostly like her and Lori and and like I think Sandra Bernhardt. Yeah. And and it was just like Yeah. Yeah. I, but yeah. they're great. Lori and Lori, and, Lori Metcalf Lori, and oh our, my God, our she's kids the went best. to school together. I've never spoken yep. to her. Yeah, like, but she's, she's a cool person. She's I just the best her. actor that you know. I'm just gonna tell you, probably that I know. Her Sandra Bernhardt was amazing. Sandra Bernhardt was a There were so many great people. John Goodman. John Goodman's just a- killing it. I, I will say this why but came to LA at eighty eight too. Before she goes, I want you to be the husband. That I want you to play the husband. And I'm like, oh, I haven't acted, but she goes, come in with me to meet Carsey Warner, the producers. So I go ahead. And we try to do something together, and it was just not. And uh, she goes, okay. Uh, I said it's just Carsey not. Warner. If they get John Goodman, he's so great, and uh, which they did. And then I, I, I became. A, I wanted to write anyway because I knew her. I'd written for her before, and it was such a great thing. And and then the second year, they're like, now that you guys are a couple. The writers are all like, you got to be on the fucking show, Artie. I go, okay, I'll do, I'll do that. I'll become an actor for that. But that was very nerve wracking too. That writer's room wasn't Norm on in there. <laughs> yeah, Norm, I hired Norm. I what I did was, <clears throat> I found guys. Half the writers were old school Hollywood guys that Jay Daniel, the other executive producer, hired. They were solid guys. They'd work with, and the other half were people I knew, comics. And you see somebody like Norm, you go, he's funny. He know he's funny. It's gonna be easy to teach him the. The form, yeah, you know, and a lot of people. Drake Sather, a lot Drake of Drake Sather, so many, yeah. He's fucking, he is yeah. awesome. I'm gonna clear my throat. <laughs> no. <laughs> Drake Sather, Judge Joel Madison, a whole bunch of guys from my roommates in Minneapolis before, yeah. but they really uh, did an f- amazing job. And you know, anytime you say, "Well, hire your buddies," well, if you hire your buddies because you know they're great, it just reflects well on you. And so, you know, Roseanne w- w- was very supportive about bringing in comics and and you know eventually we had a huge staff there's some they, they seem brutalized people but i always when i hear people bitching about her or sid caesar or or the jackie gleason how big assholes they were to the writers i think well th- 
you know, Sid Caesar's writers were Woody Allen, Neil Simon, uh, Carl oh, Reiner, uh, Mel Brooks. Like these guys, after they left him and worked with him, they had pretty great careers. And yeah. Same thing with the the Roseanne uh, show. So yeah, it's a, a funny show, show business thing to blame the star, you know, although she was, she did do some, some crazy stuff. I but, heard her one time at the back of the comedy store telling a story about your divorce or your breakup. And it, uh, it was, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if she ever told her on stage, but I was, it was done in her voice. Yeah. It was, it was, yeah. It's the Roseanne you knew on stage, but yep. it's her telling the story mm-hmm. of you guys driving in a pickup truck and she was driving and mm-hmm. I don't know what it was, but I was crying laughing. Yeah. And it's so interesting because I, I remember adversely thinking if that was me they were telling the story about, I'd be like, hey, it's not that funny, guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, you know, it, if it's funny, people can do anything in the world. Yeah. They can talk about, you know, people, uh, uh, you know, uh, like the Simpsons, an episode where, me and some other celebrities were getting shot to the side of people are like, did that hurt your feelings? I go, no, 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 that's my voice. No, I went yeah. in and did that Yeah, because it's funny. Um, I'm, I, I'm not sure what story Roseanne was telling, but we had a farm in Iowa, which yeah. she loved. And we spent a lot of time there and she had an old pickup and we had, we had, uh, and then one day it was raining and I got into town and she was out by herself in the pickup and she came busted back into the farm. It's raining. And there's a dog in the back. And she goes, I found Boo. The neighbors had stole him. They shot at me, but I went up and took him. I go, hold on. Boo is dead. That's where we buried Boo. He's got a tombstone. You just stole the neighbor's dog. And in, in Southeast Iowa, you don't go fucking steal the neighbor's dog in front of them. But that really happened. That's my favorite part of her was that she genuinely would be wide-eyed and go into these situations. I wasn't. It's now funny that she got shot at, but, yeah. but no, but at the time I'm like, oh my God, honey, no, we, the dog is dead. Our dog is dead. We have to let me take this dog back yeah. to those people. She's um, a, she's an interesting character. I'm, oh, I've, I have to say this only because I'm sure people haven't said it out loud, but I've always been a Roseanne fan. I'm, I'm still yeah. a Roseanne fan. I'm still a Roseanne yeah. fan. When she goes on Theo's podcast and says wild shit, there's something about me, about her that I don't, I don't know that like I, when she says wild, wild shit, I, I, I feel like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's like when you're, I don't, I mean this like this, but it's like when your relative does it and you go, I still love them. Oh yeah. Of course. You know, like, I don't, of I don't course. know if that's yeah. because she yeah. was ingrained in my childhood. Mm-hmm. Like she was the stay at home mom that, mm-hmm. that worked. And, yeah. That's all real. You know, I, I don't know if that mm-hmm. is what it is or that mm-hmm. like my, be- my best friend, his wife was best friends with her daughter, mm-hmm. Christina Pajinski, uh, with one of her daughters. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and 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 so i don't i don't know what i don't know what it is but like even like the theater stuff and i haven't even seen the podcast yeah but like i always just go like it's roseanne it's you know it's like yeah well theo i who i really like like I you love do theo. uh but he he had his hands full like i think if you're gonna have somebody like her on you better be ready you know oh that's why i can't yeah. have people like you gotta that, cover yeah. her ass for her yeah you gotta sometimes you gotta commit and go okay that that's not what you bet this is you know, it's a tough spot for a comedian to be in because you just want to hear other comics I talk. Wanna, I just want to, yeah. But, but under the circumstances, you know, you kind of go in there and, uh, you know, and, and and she does her videos and people, you know, her son <laughs> films films them. So I don't know if that's elder abuse or what it is, but but you know, she does her thing and and uh, you know that the my feeling is she is the funniest person I ever met. I mean, there's yeah. so when I met her when I was 23, she was probably 30. 
just killed it. We worked together. Uh, the, the owner of the club said, you guys are going to be, I saw this woman in Denver. You guys are going to hit it off. And we did. And uh, she did something that we know we're good looking as men, but she told me I was funny. And she meant it. I knew she was funny. Yeah. So that I'm like, she's got me forever. So uh, the uh, MC funny, said, yeah. we, we said, hey, do you have a car? And she goes, yeah, Liz Winstead. She still does. I know Liz Winstead. Yeah. Cur- she goes, yeah. The Daily I Show. go, can we borrow it? And then we never came back. Like we just out doing drugs and getting drunk, and that was it. And it was on. God, and so, what a fucking what an interesting for like yeah. hardcore comedy fans. That is, and by mm. the way, wait, I wonder if her and Liz still talk because they're totally politically opposite. Yeah, well, they are now. Yeah, I think yeah, they yeah. they were on the same thing, but but you know, it's hard to. But I, Roseanne, the the thing is that you know all comedians sort of hype, uh, you know, are super hot. They kind of. And you could tell when some people are getting older, yeah. you know, I'm judge. I am older, but I could tell a little bit They're, they're They get softer. They're mature. But, but, but she has got herself in a, in a corner because, uh, she could only make fun of half of the world at any time. If you can't say anything about Trump, you, and you can only say stuff about Joe Biden, you gotta be able to say stuff about everybody. Yeah. And, and, and if you, you know, I felt like her last special, my assistant made me watch some of it. Um, the Fox nation would, I felt badly for her cause it did seem like she'd worked out her material and it was like all these things, my pronouns are kiss my ass guns. I like, uh, I mean, it was just, it's so on the head and, uh, and she could do better, you know? So yeah. that was, and then I also have compassion for her. She's a woman out there, you know, and I've always had more compassion for, uh, female comedians. Cause as we know, you know, it, I know from the business, you know, a, a woman goes out there by herself, basically, and all this shit could, could possibly go down. And one of the first things I saw Roseanne do uh, was a guy was being an asshole, heckling her in the front row, and he unplugged her mic. And the way she handled it just tore him to us. And Roseanne's only five foot tall, you know. I mean, she's got a low center of gravity, let's be honest. But, but yeah, and I thought, this is a, she is a badass. I'm going to protect this woman for you know, that's going to be my thing. I'm going to, cause you know, that's going to be, we're going to be friends. I'm going to protect her. And, and I carried that into the show because all of a sudden I had this responsibility of being an executive producer. I'd never done a take up the writing producing. <clears throat> and I remember the first group of producers, executive, other producers, they took, uh, it was her. It, she created the show, obviously, but they got credit for it. Really? <clears throat> yeah. They got created by credit. And, uh, Matt Williams and because they'd written the script. They didn't say to her, Hey, let's write this together or we'll do whatever. It's totally based on her. It's, it's, it's hey, a that, shitty thing that used yeah. to happen in Hollywood yeah. is that you'd go in, you'd sell mm-hmm. the show yeah. to someone like Carsey Warner, which yeah. was which was the gold standard mm-hmm. in television. Yeah. Carsey Warner did everything. It was. They're great. They did, and I think Tom Warner ended up going to own the Red Sox. Yeah, he had Red Sox at Liverpool. Yeah. Uh, and uh, uh but but uh, those producers were being shitty to her. Well, they would they would go in and then they <clears throat> you'd pitch show and then they'd go you go hey man I want to help you out and they go well actually this is my job yeah Why well don't you they just sit back I I I well, finally went up there the first thing I go listen guys it's her show you you, sh- you know <clears throat> not just say this <clears throat> not just say this because she's my friend but she knows what's best yeah you know so so we're gonna do what she said they're like well we don't have I go I don't know how to uh, let me just rephrase that. I'm going to beat the fuck out of you guys. I, I don't have the finesse right now to, to know what to say to you fuckers, but that's, what's going to happen. I just, for, and eventually I'll be able to finesse it a little better, 
but you're, you you got to quit fucking with her and you're stupid for fucking with her and I'm going to come up here and beat the shit out of you guys. And they, they're all looking at me like, oh, wow, that's... Uh, I remember Josh Weed was in the writing room. It was Josh his first Whedon? shot. He was like, holy fuck. And then I... Because he was so young afterwards, I, I went up and I was talking to him. Oh, shit happens, man. Don't worry about it. And uh, then I could tell he was very scared of me the rest of the time he worked there. Yeah. And so I had a mental health evaluation for some reason, like I'm serious. And I took that whole, all that literature that I'd filled out. They like, what kind of, what color is your shit? Like there's weird stuff in there. And I gave it to him. You know, he's like, a, he was like a, his dad worked in the business. His dad. You know, he was, he had long red hair at the time. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, he was shocked. But that was my way of trying to go, hey, man, we're cool. Don't worry. Those guys are fired. Fuck. You're still going to stay. It's all good. We are supported by Black Buffalo Zero. Look, if you're 21 and older and you dip or chew like me, check out award-winning tobacco alternative Black Buffalo Zero. It is everything you love about dip. The ritual, the feeling, the the smell, nothing you don't, no compromise, long cut and pouches made from edible green leaves, food grade ingredients, and it comes in all the classic flavors that we love, winter green, mint. If you, look, if you are a tobacco guy like me, you know how great it is to open it up and smell mint dip. Straight, they got peach, they even got blood oranges. Their pouches have won multiple awards from industry publications. All products are proudly made in the USA, exclusively for 21-plus adult consumers. Listen to me. If you know the feel of sitting down with your boys, you're at a campfire, you're at a baseball game, and you're like me and the old stuff, you can't go back to it because you'll be there forever. It is a fantastic alternative. Black Buffalo sells their products online and ships directly to your front door on blackbuffalo.com. You can use promo code BERT for 15% off your first order. Black Buffalo also sells their products in thousands of retailers across the United States. Check out their store locator to find a location near you. I get mine from AMPM when we're on the road. Look, honor your rituals with Black Buffalo. One last time, that is 15% off your first order with the code BERT at blackbuffalo.com. Black Buffalo Zero products are intended for adults aged 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. This podcast is brought to you by Grunt Style. I love Grunt Style. First of all, I have a bunch of Grunt Style shirts, but then I bought a bunch for my father-in-law because my father-in-law lives in Georgia, loves, loves, he loves a shirt that represents him a little bit. And he's, he's not a veteran and you don't have to be a veteran to wear Grunt Style, but you do have to be like my father-in-law and love freedom, bacon, and whiskey. What I love about Grunt Style clothing is it fits great. It fits great. And it's, it's subtle. It's subtle while representing you. They provide more than apparel. They instill pride. Pride in self, in military, and country. Veteran-founded. Plus, they have 200-plus veteran employees, which matters to me. It genuinely does matter to me. I like to know that, that I'm giving my money to people better than me. I would have never been able to join the military, and those people did it. Now they started this company, and that's why I support them. Not only that, the clothing is fantastic. Burt Cast listeners get 15% off on any order at GruntStyle. Always go to GruntStyle.com and use code BurtCast15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order every time you place an order. Or go directly to the BurtCast collection page at GruntStyle.com. Address is on your screen right now. And use the code BIRDCAST15 at checkout for 15% off your order. What was it like 
I, oh, t- let me tell Tom Warder's story. Oh, please, Tom please, Warder, please. who I'm still buddies with, uh, uh, he did. He is the one that allowed Roseanne to sing national anthem. He owed the the Padres at the time. But one time, Roseanne, I quit the show, and a lot of my work was getting her to go to the studio. Yeah, uh, like they don't respect me. They don't. I go, you, uh, you know what? We're gonna make it work. But if you quit this show, you're going to regret it. I just know because you worked so hard to get here. And I guess my job as a husband is to get you back in there because I don't want to see how sad you would be. Yeah, you know. So, and she'd kick in my radio on the way in or do whatever cause thing. And then she'd get in there. One day she's like, that's it. They aren't respecting me. The writers, I quit. And uh, she goes, let's go up and talk, tell Tom order. So we go up to his office. He's sitting there. She goes, uh, I, I've quit the show. And he goes, oh, oh, well, that's, that's not good. And she goes, I, they give me no respect. Can you give me one fucking reason why I should stay on this show? And he looked at her and goes, I could give you a hundred million reasons. And that's what she made. And then even her, we looked at each other like, oh shit, that's a real, yeah, that's a real buddy. Yeah. Let's go back down there. So I, I really enjoyed him and I'm sure he has many interesting stories. I, had, I, I have, I only have one story that I overheard. I was in his office for a meeting, uh, to do a sitcom and, uh, and, and I, it might've been, I forget, I forget how it went down, but we had to leave the room or he had, he left the room to take a call about, uh, a Red Sox game, and and you could tell this very casual dude was very passionate about the fucking Red Sox. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And I, I was with my buddy Tony Hernandez, and we were just sitting in the room. Mm-hmm. We're like, oh, he fucking loves the Red Sox. Yeah. But um, he's a. He, you he imagine me that rich? Where you're like, I love the Red Sox. I also love this soccer team and uh, Liverpool, which is my team. Yeah. Too. Uh. Um. Yeah. I'm gonna do. That's what I'm gonna do with my. What was it? Please. What was it like? I mean, this is a weird question, mm-hmm. and I hope it doesn't sound. Mm-hmm. What was it like to be tethered to someone in Hollywood that was so big and successful, mm-hmm. then to be untethered and have to almost mm-hmm. reboot yourself? Well, you know, I I never looked at it like I think a lot of people assumed I would be when we were together. How is it you as a man with the wife being making more money and you and uh, you know because she was making a million dollars a week? I go. It's not the worst thing in the world to have your wife make a million dollars a week. Let me yeah. tell you something. But, um, you know, because I'd always admired her and she was seven years older. That was also in my head. Like, Oh, really? You know, so maybe it's seven years, uh, you know, but it never, uh, and she certainly didn't make me feel like I just wanted to support her. And she did the same with me. Uh, um, but, you know, a lot of people talk like that, like, especially back in the day where, oh, the woman is the, you know, is, uh, well, yeah, but even still like, so like, Segura and I are very closely yeah. tethered, and if we broke up, mm-hmm. I mean, if we broke up and, our, and our, stopped doing our podcast together, yeah. there would be people going. I, I would be curious. I mean, I would just go on and keep doing what I did. Mm-hmm. I do, but like, I, people would be like, "Oh, what's your next move?" Like, oh what, yeah. you know, yeah. And so, like, what did when the divorce got final? You like you're in L.A. and yeah. did, did you go hit the road? Well, did I'll you, tell you, I had the best luck in the world. Because we got in April of uh, 1994, uh, we got divorced, and or May, May maybe, and July of 1994, True Lies came out. So I've been filming True oh, Lies for the last Jesus. year of the marriage, and we went, you know, everywhere and did everything, and you know, working with oh, all these great fun. That people. is great. That is great because yeah. that is the that is the that is kind of the stake in the ground of the tent. 
Oh, of like for your sure. career because all of a sudden, yeah, everyone's like, "Fucking Tom Arnold." Well, you know, uh, people said, and she called up all the presidents of all the networks, said, "I will never work with you if you work with him." Like she went above and beyond. I've had that happen. Um, to me. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Chuck Lorre did that to me too after he had let him go on the show. But I didn't even know it. But but uh, uh, the deal is that people did say that. People on TV were saying he will never work again. He wrote her coattails. He'll be back in Iowa in two weeks. And I remember thinking, that's probably true. But <laughs> I also thought I had six years of one of the best shows ever on television. That's a great, that's some great shit to tell my grandkids, you know? And uh, and then Jim Cameron's like, fuck them. True Lies comes out in two months. It's going to change everything. And I'm like, I wish I could believe that. <laughs> yeah. But it really did. It literally, it's a, it, it went. And when they tested True Lies, it, that people don't know what they're watching. And it comes up, uh, James Cameron movie. Oh my God. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yay. Jamie Lee Curtis. Amazing. Tom Arnold. Boo. And then, but by the end of that two hour and 15 minute movie, they have to fill out a form. Who did they like the best? What character? And it was me. So in two hours and 15 minutes, I changed the perspective of, you know, a, a big group of people. That, that movie changed the perspective of, yeah. of, your career, mm -hmm. Arnold's career, and yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, that's Jamie true. Lee Curtis. I never looked at her as like. I mean, mm -hmm. I guess I did in in like forty eight hours. She was like, topless and beautiful. No, that's uh, Trading Places. Trading Places. Oh, trading that places. was great. By the way, how was great was that? Like, yeah, that was great. I mean, she is. Yeah, but but when she does the sexy dance for him, yeah, and, and you're like, whoa, because yeah. she looks like a mom in it. Yeah, and then you're like, holy yeah. fuck. But you were absolutely hilarious. Yeah, Arnold was hilarious. Yeah, he was like very he good. was doing comedy. Yeah, well, he is funny. I mean, he he's funny. not as funny as he thinks he is, but he's very <laughs> funny. He loves comedian. Let me tell you something. From the moment we became friends, he's loved. He loved Bill Burl. He loved the old time. Yeah, he loves the modern guys. He loves comedians, and for him to go, especially then, right? I got cast that movie nineteen ninety three at the, at the end of the Roseanne stuff, and uh, Jim Cameron. Uh, uh, you know, to his credit, uh, uh, he had seen a lot of actors of you and I's level. Uh, I'm not saying we're the same level, but I'm saying no, 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 guys like way, us you're around way, town. You're and, way beyond and, me. No, no. And then bigger guys, too. They get guys yeah. you'd make. And they were looking for their guy to play that part. And my agent called for William Morris because they thought we, Roseanne and I were leaving William Morris. So they did this thing. He's like, James Cameron wants to meet with you for true lives. And I, I was like, that's bullshit. You think Roseanne and I are, are, that's a mercy meeting. You, you've you called him and said, the agency really respects you. I work together. Please meet this asshole. Yeah. Then we can say he met you. And so I almost didn't go because I'm like, that's pathetic. Because there's no way I was getting that movie. But then I thought, I'm going to meet Jim Cameron. This is my one opportunity uh, to meet the Terminator guy. And I'm going to go down there and meet him. And I went down and we chit-chat a little bit. He was great. And, uh, and then he's like, uh, uh, all right, uh, do the scene. And I go, I, and I swear to God, I didn't even read it. I said to him, cause I know I'm not going to get it. It just seems like, you know, if I really tried and failed, it would hurt a little more. And he was like, he looked at me like he'd never seen that. And he goes, oh, it's three pages, read it to me. And I read it one time. And then I see him kind of thinking and then he yells, get Arnold down here. And I, I didn't know Arnold Schwarzenegger was up in the loft there. And I see Arnold coming down the stairs and Jim Cameron said the reason that he cast me is because when I saw Arnold coming down the stairs, I said, I could take him. Like, I really meant it. I got to do that yeah. asshole guy thing. 
like you look at somebody like you're always prepared. Who do I have to kill? Yeah. This? But uh, but then we had such great chemistry. And but then he had to tell Fox Studios that was the uh, yeah because it was the most expensive movie ever made at the time. He goes, oh, we got the third guy. We can start filming. And we're like, that's fantastic, Jim Cameron. Who is it? He goes, it's Tom Arnold. They go, yeah, that's terrible news. And he goes, why? And he goes, well, if, don't you read the tabloids? He's a crazy person. And uh, and he goes, I don't read the tabloids, but I wrote this movie. And he's the guy. And they're like, we're sorry, Jim. We can't approve Tom Arnold for this movie. And he said, well, actually, I'm sorry, because I wanted to make the movie here at Fox. Now I'm going to go down the street and make it at fucking Paramount. And they were like, wow. Okay, we'll give him a, a shot. I was on a probation. I didn't even know the Fox guys would come, and I'd be hugging on him. Oh man, thank you guys for loving me. And, yeah. But that's why, and he was right. Jim Cameron was right to cast me. You know, and I oh, think you it, were perfect a, in that movie. And and uh, and boy, that was a you know, and it was also fun to f go and film it during the the end of a marriage where it's oh, you know, there's so much madness going on, and and to go and hang out with these guys, it took seven months and. They were great fun, and I got to do a lot of stuff. Bill Paxton, too. People don't, oh, yeah. oh my God, fucking guy. He was awesome. He was awesome. Nobody loved making movies more than Bill Paxton, man. He just was, and he'd known Cameron from when they started in the business. They started as, like, set guys where they would distress tables or Bill whatever. Paxton was also in Titanic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he, he, he also, Cameron made him dive to the bottom of the ocean, too, in his submersible. Like, they filmed that documentary. And he had to get in and pee in a bucket, go down, you know. And, and I was thinking about that with that explosion of that. The only cameras very on top of stuff. But that's a friendship where they're like, I'm going to send you down five miles to the Mariana Trench or whatever. Bill Paxton passed away from a heart attack, right? He, he was getting uh, open heart surgery. It wasn't a big thing. And something went sideways. Yeah. And uh, he had a, an issue. And I think a lot of people discover uh, they have issues. A lot of people discover it when they die. You know, you see these young athletes. I have the, the the biggest heart cap in America for kids. Kids with heart defects and heart disease. Cap Del Corazon out of Catalina Island. That wasn't meant as a joke, I guess. No, You're no, right. no, but I'm telling you. <laughs> a lot of people find out they yeah. have problems when they die. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I didn't even know I had a heart thing until after I was out at the camp for a while. Like one of the pediatric cardiologists looked at me and goes, Lord, how's your heart? I go, my fucking heart is awesome. It's very fast and very loud. Sounds like someone's beating on the cabin right now. And then they said, you got to come down and run through some tests. And, you know, I had to immediately get a, get some stents in. I mean, it, it, it happened quick. And uh, no, that, so I'm always curious. I'm not to, I no. do not want to pivot from this conversation. No, no, no. But like, do you, had you been to a cardiologist before that and gone all, no. done all the scans? No. Okay. No. That's all I need And to I know. did it. I had eight tests in one day. You know, they, they shoot the blue nuclear diadia. They could really see, you know, because I did know the people at UCLA, yeah. I got some, some nice treatment. And, uh, um, I have my cardiologist appointment next or two in yeah. two weeks. I, yeah. I, I go every six months. That's all you do too. Yeah. yeah. And you take a stress test. You get on the, take a stress yeah. test. I take, uh, I do the, the, uh, the cart, the, the CT scans. Oh yeah. 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 Of course. I did them in my neck. I yeah, did them in my good. chest. Yeah. I have a uh, zero blockage in my heart and, and minimal in my left. Well, you have good genetics. I tell no, you that. I have bad genetics. Oh, you do. And what's crazy is my dad, um, my dad has zero cholesterol. I mean, he's my dad's on statins, hardcore. There's a big thing. I'm sure we'll get pulled down on the internet now talking about this. There's a big thing questioning statins mm -hmm. and whether or not they're effective okay. in lowering cholesterol. I only know that because Rogan texts me mm -hmm. all the time anytime statins come up. Mm -hmm. But um, I am on a huge 
health kick starting mm-hmm. today. Good starting today because um, I've been on tour for a month and I've been mm-hmm. I've I have not. I have not. Statins. I got to be honest with you. When I when I got on statins, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for statins for everyone listening, it's like cholesterol medicine. Mm-hmm. I started eating shittier because mm-hmm. I felt like I was allowed to. Right. Before oh, well, statins, a, before yep. statins, I was, I was, I I was very conscious of what I put into my mm-hmm. body. I was, and by the way, I, I will have to say this: mm-hmm. before statins, the fattest I ever was was like two twenty. 225 mm-hmm. once i got on statins i got up to 250 260 mm-hmm. and i just because i go yeah i can definitely eat a cheeseburger it's not gonna fucking affect me right but it does affect you mm-hmm. um but well, yeah i mean i believe what whatever your card- cardiologist says i think i bought a statin yeah, i'm sure you are. I, I i bought like 10 things because of the heart failure and the the other stuff and and uh you know do you work out I do. I do a, an hour of cardio a day, uh-huh. like for real. And and our house is small. The kids and I, you met them. Our pool is very big, but the house is very small. And because uh, uh, they wanted a pool, as we downgrade our life, we started Beverly Hills. Now we're in the valley. I was going to make fun of it, except I'm very close to you. But it's you're on a fancy street here. I don't even know where you live in real life. No. So, <laughs> uh, but it was very close to the house, and that was that was good. But I I do an hour. I have an elliptical. It's in front of. It's outside. I have two. You know how fucking hot it is. Oh my god! Two giant fads, and I just make it. I just do whatever I got to do to get that hour of hard. And it's good for my mental health. It's good for my physical health. It does make you think. Oh, now I could really eat. Like taking the satin. You're like, oh, I could really, you know. But that's that crazy thing in our head. It's. It's. Well, I mean mine is mine why is did so you go nice. to a cardiologist my dad my dad oh that's I, smart my dad it's a it's kind of an interesting story i'm sure i'm repeating myself but uh one easter joey diaz you know joey diaz of course he used jo- to my best at sports show loved him yeah joey diaz um slipped my dad marijuana edibles right popcorn and uh and my dad had never had had marijuana since college yeah. And so I, he was. Did like, he tell you he was going to do that? Did no, Joey? No, Joey. Well, that's just, fucked up. No, but Joey just opened up the popcorn mm-hmm. and was and started get, thinking my dad knew what it was. Oh, I guess. okay, that's fine. And then and my dad starts eating it. Joey's yeah. eating it, and he's like, "We're going to yeah. see the devil's dick tonight, Mister K." Yeah. My dad's like, "What?" And he's like, "Eating a lot of marijuana, Mister K." <laughs> my dad's like, "There's marijuana in this." Yeah. And then my dad looked. There's a great picture online you can find okay. of my dad realizing he's eating marijuana. Yeah. And us all laughing. Yeah. Then I ate marijuana. Yeah. Because I was like, "I'm not going to let you do this alone." Right. You're not going to die alone. Yeah. And so then <laughs> me and my dad ended up. Uh, that was Easter morning. Yeah. Easter mm-hmm. evening as the sun sets, we're having cigars, mm-hmm. drinking whiskey in my backyard and my dad and i and i'm very high mm-hmm. and i just said to my dad um i feel like you don't like me like mm-hmm. at times like i feel like i bother you mm-hmm. and he just is high as fuck and he goes i'm afraid i'm gonna lose you mm-hmm. he's like my dad died when he was 42 and you're i think i was probably 44 45 mm-hmm. at the time 43 maybe mm-hmm. or i might have been 42 and my dad goes uh so i just i i i i, I pick on you and I, only because i didn't do it for my dad and i lost my dad mm-hmm. and so I said, "Well, how can we fix this?" And he and he goes, "Let me, let me, let me send you to a doctor. I want to make sure I'm not going to lose you." And so I said, "Okay." And he goes, "You'll let me do that?" And I was like, "Yeah." And he goes, "I can pick your cardiologist." And I was like, "Yeah." And he goes, "And you'll do all the tests?" I said, "Yeah. Mm-hmm. If it makes mm-hmm. our relationship better, I'll do it all." Mm-hmm. So my dad got me a cardiologist. I was in doing a stress test mm-hmm. and a CT scan the next week, and uh, and everything was great. I had a great, great, great fucking realization about health 
mm-hmm. by going in to get that CT scan. Right. That, for everyone listening, that checks the calcium in your heart, the blockage. Yes. Um, and I said, I walked in, and there's this older black woman behind the counter at Cedars where you get the scan. Mm-hmm. And she said, you don't look like you're in a good mood. And I said, I don't want to be here. Mm-hmm. She goes, honey, the fact that you walk through those doors mm-hmm. mean we means we won't roll you through those doors. Mm-hmm. And if we roll you through those doors, you really don't want to be here. Yeah. And I went, ooh. And so, and because based on that conversation, I've just, I don't like it, but I go to the doctor every six months. Yeah. I go to the doctor every six months. Well, you have kids. You I have, kids, you have yeah. a wife. But your dad, that's a, a what? Now I'm all for. Maybe I should have eaten some pot with my dad. But that moment, it, it, my dad eats a lot of pot. No, yeah. He's also ruined Pebble Beach by eating marijuana. Well, I got us. I, I I bought a fucking. I got a fucking. It's, I mean, just being very clear, it's yeah. six thousand dollars a person to play at Pebble Beach. I okay. think <laughs> it's not cheap. It's yeah. not cheap. Yeah. And my dad's back was out. Yeah. And so he's like, oh, I'll eat some edibles yeah. and it'll. And then he had a searing panic attack, yeah. and he couldn't be by the cliffs. Pebble Beach is yes, entirely is. on cliff. Yeah, it is. So he ruined. <laughs> I personally respect your dad for ruining Pebble Beach. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. many, but but it's a nice, such a great father-son moment because nobody, you don't usually have that conversation. You don't say, hey, dad, I figure you're on my ass or whatever. And then he says, well, I'm afraid to lose you. I mean, that's like shit. You know, yeah. Usually it goes the other way where you're 42 and your dad's just, you're like, dude. You got it. Look at me. I got it. Oh, I'm about to go to the doctor. And so for your dad to do that is very, very fucking cool. He's a good, he's a, he's a really, you know, my dad, I, I thought of this the other day. My dad did something very, um, like, I, I, and I can't tell, I, I, I've asked him about it and I don't get like a straight answer, but he, as, as a child, he instilled in me that I loved being under pressure. He like just told me, man. And I don't know if it, I don't know if it was accurate if it if it if i didn't if i was too young to notice mm-hmm. pressure but he told me man when when the when the chips are on the line you perform he said that about he you said that my whole that's, life that's kind of amazing he, my whole life yeah. and so i adversely i love pressure like in, in any yeah. pressure situation i am i am ingrained to to be drawn towards that flame and my, my first development deal or my, my second development deal in hollywood no one wanted to follow a comedian named Earthquake because he was so. Oh, I, I never wanted to follow Earthquake. Yeah, no one wanted to. Yeah, and I said, "Put me there." Oh, I was God, like, "I go, I'll, I'll take it. I like it. I like it. Yeah. I like the energy. I like yeah. the possibility that failure is so fucking high that I don't know. I just like pressure. I love it, and I love it in sports. I love it in and in, 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 when I shot Secret Time, my, my one of my my first netflix special i bombed on the first show we were doing two i bombed mm-hmm. that was unusable in my opinion i mean mm-hmm. you could have used it it just wouldn't have been a great special mm-hmm. and uh my, my wife just casually as i'm like sitting going fuck i gotta do it i gotta really hit it out mm-hmm. of the park my wife goes well you know you love pressure so this is when you perform and i yeah. went oh yeah and i kind of calmed down and i was mm-hmm. like oh this is what i do it's a bizarre mm-hmm. fucking it's a bizarre th- parenting my dad's a it was what well, still is a great parent yeah. you know well he defined your personality too like and you carry that with you like you know uh uh you know my dad was always like you know you're the toughest of the family you're tough which it was pretty easy in my family but you know you could Wait, do how many, how many in your family you your I sister mean, seven kids wow my dad is a single dad and uh, he married the next door neighbor when, he, when i was 10 and <laughs> she was not a fan but, you know, he was very, and he wasn't like a hardcore pressure to me. All these things are pressure packed. Hearing your story and and hearing you rise above it. And, and by the way, the pressure of doing a great second show, 
compared to the shit that people have to deal with in the real world. He's not, yeah. But it's, it's, yeah. It's, a, it's a lot of pressure, but, you know, as a, I didn't know pressure until I became a father. Like, I always dreamed of becoming a father, or I always said, with all four ex-wives, I want to have a family, I want to do this, I want to do that. And it was a long journey because, you know, things didn't work out, whatever. And so uh, when it happened, I the moment my son was born, I realized, oh, it's a good thing I really did want to be a father because oh, yeah. it's on. Yeah, not and, enough people think. Jen Kirkman yeah. used to say, I, I don't know, I'm quoting her on something, but she was saying that she knew she didn't want kids mm -hmm. and that not enough people think, do I actually want them? They, like, that's it's, very true. Because it, it's a solid decision to go, this isn't right for me, yep. and I'm not going to do it. So many people in this country just go, "Yeah, you have kids. I'm I'm 25. That's what we do." Yeah, and and I knew, I want. I knew I was going to be a better dad than a single guy. Like mm -hmm. I was, I was like, I'm gonna be a great dad. Yeah, and adversely, I think I'm a good dad. Leanne will say I'm a better dad that I, I that I'll give myself credit. Yeah, I'm a good dad, but like I'm also well. A, that's a how you know you're a great dad because she sa she says it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, that's a that's the thing. And you you have a log. What do you got? Twenty years. Married to the same person. That well, sounds yeah. like the best. You know, by all accounts, she's amazing and, and you're amazing. And sometimes it does work out. Sometimes and that's great to have that co parenting. You know, um, I uh, don't have that. I have a, a situation where uh, the, the mother and I just don't. I mean, there's a lot of funny stuff because I'm a comedian. Yeah. How many times she's called the cops or swatted me and the kids. Yeah. Or, you know, and the cops will take her away or the cops will do this. And I have all these cameras in the house and, and we kind of laugh about it. But I think my kids have seen a lot of stuff. But also, every time it's in the back of my head, this might be the thing that and they might be able to take the kids away because, you know, I didn't do anything. But she, they, you could say if I didn't have the, foot, the footage or then you could go to court. And every time you go to court, you think, Okay, I got this. There's no way, but what if there is a way? So that pressure, uh, uh, for the last six years, yeah. has been like no other, because I genuinely care so much about it, and I get so much of my self esteem out of being a father. I'm, I'm not, I'm not kidding. It's a good thing I did a lot of stuff before. You know, my life is is downsized significantly. But when you go, okay, it's me and the kids here. We don't need all this you know, house yeah. and, uh, and stuff. And they're not going to, they're going to love me no matter what, you know, they're not going to, uh, so, but you just oh. want to, a day at a time. I just want to, you know, I've had my health issues too. I just want to, every day is important because that could be the last day, not to think maudlin, but, but you just think I got to make this a, a great day. Money, money. I mean, money in a family. So when you, when you don't have it and then you have it, I think it confuses people in our family. Mm -hmm. I know I'm speaking just from my. No, I did. I, I understand that. Because, like, my daughters have been on tour with me for five weeks. Yeah. And uh, how old and are they? 18, 19, and 17. 17 oh, that's yesterday. Amazing. I turned 17 that's yesterday. That's amazing. Yeah. And so we, we, um, we, uh, they had never flown private. And I, I had to oh, fly yeah. private somewhere to get mm -hmm. somewhere to be able to get to do the mm -hmm. thing. And, uh, my daughter Georgia, who's very, I would say, analytical. Uh, she, I introduced Georgia to uh, Mitch Hedberg, and she goes, "Oh and, yeah, I liked it." And Isla's fucking crying in the yeah. background, going, "This is the best thing I've ever heard." Yeah, it, and Georgia <laughs> goes, "Is he high?" And I went, "Yeah." <laughs> yeah. She goes, "Sweet, is are we laughing because he's high?" And I was like, "No, we're laughing because it's funny." And she goes, "Well, wait, does he still do drugs?" And I went, "No, he's dead." And she goes, 
if he's dead, this is kind of sad. Yeah, and I he's went, right. Oh I my go, god, I that's go, hey, very cool. I go, hey, you're you're taking the fun out of fucking yeah, Mitch yeah. Hedberg. Like, no, but and, that's a good kid. That's a good kid because we will laugh and continue to laugh at these guys that we really respected as comics or writers, yeah. whatever. But it's tragic. It's tragic. And if we don't acknowledge that, you have somebody like your daughter who's a, a, a you know, like looking at life like a smart nineteen-year-old or seventeen-year-old, like. That's the that's the kid you want to you don't want to oh. go. Hey, this uh, they want you want them to ask questions, and it is sad. It's terribly sad. It's sad if, for for his parents. It's sad for people that loved him, you know. And and uh, being successful at performing when you've got that other thing too, you know, it just doesn't end well. She said we got on a private jet, and her friends loving it. Her friends traveling with us, and mm-hmm. she's loving it. Isla's loving it. Mm-hmm. George is just sitting there. And I said, uh, like, they're, they're, like, taking pictures, and George is not taking any pictures. And George looks at me and goes, what happened to us? And I was like, what do you mean? She goes, like, why Why is this our life? Like, this mm-hmm. is insane. And I went, yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. She goes, is it better? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, not in my head, I'm like, it, it is, the, it, it is, it turns into the exact analogy of do you use a private jet? Is, are you really making that much more money to fly there for that expense mm-hmm. you know or or would it be fine just to mm-hmm. not do the thing mm-hmm. and then just stay home and then you it's it's a wash mm-hmm. and 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 you wonder is making money a wash mm-hmm. is is focusing on your career to make money or mm-hmm. is downsizing and go what do we need is that the value because mm-hmm. i look at the happiest times we had as a family and now granted we lived in this small house during the pandemic we were mm-hmm. i mean we, we grew up in this small house we were at that small, my sister lives there now, and we were in that small house last night, my mm-hmm. whole family, and that house has such great energy. Yeah. And you, and then you start saying, is making money a wash? Is focusing on your career, focused on making more money, really burning it at both ends for mm-hmm. as long as you can, are, are you, and, and I mean, this is like an existential question that I think I hear so many comics mm-hmm. bring up now, mm-hmm. like Stavros, Chris, mm-hmm. uh, Chris. The guy that cried? Yeah, the, mm-hmm. the guy that cried, Chris Stefano. <laughs> yeah. But, like, you know, it really is, like, is... is. But at least we're asking the question. Yeah. But in my dad's day, or my grandmother's day, they didn't ask, that was that, they did that. Bob stayed over here. They did that, and you really couldn't, and they just, that was just the way things were. Now, I'm sure that sometimes, sometimes they, the fathers didn't want to be around the kids. And even when I got divorced from my fourth ex-wife, I, my lawyer, he said, what do you want? And I said, well, I want 50-50 custody. Uh, he goes, no, you don't. No, no. Wait till they're like seven and they'll be fine. I go, no, no, no. I am 60 years old. I want 50-50. I, want yeah. I don't know where I'll be when they're seven. And to convince people, you know, you genuinely want to, you know, and that, uh, that it, you could do it all. You could do it all. That other generation, and I, I do need to work more. I do need to make more money. During COVID, but the kids, we're home. We're doing Zoom school. Yeah. And I kept saying, you guys will remember this for the rest of your lives. It's oh. the greatest time. And they're like, I don't think so. But for me, it was. And all the things that haven't gone perfect for my career the last 10 years has forced me to uh, be with my kids. And at the end of life, I know I'm not going to go, man, I wish that one thing would have happened. Uh, I'm going to go, oh, I spent those t- that time with my kids. I haven't had a date in six years. That's not important, but, but I, all the time. And it's that way you don't get so worried about career stuff when you go, okay, what's the reality? Oh, I'm here with these guys. 
yeah. you know, and your life gets smaller and smaller. I mean, our house is a disaster. Yeah, we can, we pick it up, but it's kids stuff. You could just, yeah. it's not a, my kids still sleep in my bed. I got two Craftmatic remote control beds. My thinking was they'll sleep on the one side and I'll have my own and we got our own remote controls, but that's just not how it goes. I get you're pushed the, off. You're and, in the middle of You know, <laughs> my son, my son's a big kid. Yeah. He has never slept. And I, uh, the house we moved into was only uh, a three bedroom, and I had to use one of the bedrooms as my office. Yeah. So I got those Murphy beds so I could pull his out, which uh, there's no room hardly, but like, you could pull it out. He could yeah. sleep out. My daughter has her own room, and I've never pulled it out, never, because he's not, he doesn't even pretend he wants to sleep in his oh, own yeah. bed. My daughter will do a thing like, Daddy, I'm thinking about, I'm going to sleep in my own bed. And I go, Oh, that's fantastic, honey. I love you. And then what will happen is it gets sort of bedtime. And, She'll say, can I come in here for a little bit? I go, oh, of course you can. And, and then it doesn't work out. I know there'll be That's a day. That's so funny. We got into a conversation yeah. about this last night. Last night, we got into a conversation about sleeping with your kids because mm -hmm. my wife did not allow it, would mm -hmm. not allow it. And I was always like, just let them get in bed with yeah. us. Yeah. I, when I remember sneaking Isla into bed with us, she's going, just don't fucking, just don't make a lot of noise. Mom won't know. Because <laughs> I was like, it was either that or like yeah. deal with the, the issue at two in the fucking morning. Yeah. And so, and, and I, I realized last night, and I don't think I've said this out loud to myself, but I slept with my parents until I was like fucking 10. Yeah. Like I, I slept, because my dad slept with his, my, my nephew, my, his grandson, mm -hmm. the other night, and he goes, buddy, I, I can't, I'd let him do it, because you know I let you do it, but like, he's all over me. Like, he's fucking mm -hmm. all over me. And yeah. like, I can't, I, I, I gotta be, I need my, my space. Mm -hmm. And I said to my dad, I go, wait, I slept with you with my i slept with my i needed to touch my dad to make mm -hmm. sure nothing bad was going to happen right that's right so i slept with my arm over his mm -hmm. over him and my leg over mm -hmm. him and my dad goes yeah and i you were doing that pretty late in life i went oh, no i was like i was like six right he goes buddy you were 10 <laughs> and i was i go no i wasn't and he goes we were in the new house and i went Oh fuck! I was ten. I might have even been eleven. Yeah, like I was. I was yeah. like, yeah, I was a couple years away from yeah. hooking up with chicks. Yeah, and I'm fucking sleeping with my <laughs> arm and leg over my. <laughs> I I the at night. What usually happens is we all go to bed. Now my son will go first. He gets the my daughter and I stay up a little bit. We do our thing. Then she'll come in, and then I'll uh, and then I'll fake. I used to fake sleep with him. You know how you yeah. fake sleep? Then you get get up, go on your computer. Yeah. Now I just go to sleep. I'm older, but, <laughs> but the best, uh, you know, it is tight quarters for dad because they start moving there. They fight. I have to get in between them yeah. and touch each other. And uh, but the best is when I uh, wake up to pee, which I do every fucking night. And uh, my son is holding my hand, my, my son, who's 10. Yeah. And my daughter is has got pressed up against me. And I think, well, this is this is as good as it gets. Oh, yeah. You know, there's no. Uh, so, you know, whatever happens organically, if I had a strong, uh, wife, like, you know, that said, here's the rules I'd listen, I'd go, okay, I disagree, but I listened to, you know, I mean, I also think that, that getting the kids to sleep when they're young, one of my proudest things is I can put both kids in their baby seats in the back of the car, drive around Beverly Hills, drive up Benedict Canyon. We live the Benedict Canyon, drive up to Mohawk, circle, 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 late in the afternoon until they went to sleep. Then I could get each one of them, one at a time, out of the car, upstairs, all their clothes off, cleaned up, pajamas, bed. And that to me, that's uh, it, you to master that. There's nothing 
there's nothing I've ever done that that equals that ability. And nobody wants to hear about it. Hey, guess what yeah. I did? I did this thing that a lot of people do every day, but I did it. So yeah. you know, I we I we I remember I we had a friend uh, who's uh, it's funny just th- the parenting like the parenting quick fixes like my sister to calm down her son uh used to this is like insane this is insane and i'm my sister will own this we went to san diego with them and uh me and my my wife and we hadn't really watched them parent yet my Mm -hmm. sister and her husband and my parents were there and they had been with them a night and so they had seen it Mm -hmm. and so whenever their son melted down they would Bring out a cake with a candle and sing happy birthday to him. Oh, that's brilliant. I get that. No, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. No. Leanne and I were just like, huh? And they're like, everybody sing. Come on. Come on. Happy birthday. That's so great. And he'd he'd be like, oh, it's my birthday. Yeah. How old was it? Oh, he was he was a baby. Oh. He was like, he was like, I mean, I don't know how old he is now, but he was definitely way younger than that. It was before the pandemic. Yeah. And so that's brilliant. You gotta do that. You're on the road with your family. You you really really have time to work through these things. You don't want people to think your kids are assholes or your assholes. The birthday thing is solid gold. Oh, I remember watching a mom one time. We were at her, she was at a party and her and a bunch of people are at her house and her kids aren't going to sleep. She had twins and she just walked them out as if they were going to go on a road trip. She goes, if I get them in the car, they fall asleep immediately. That's... And then got them in the thing. And she's like, all right, I'm going to go get some stuff. And then sat outside with the, of the car. With a glass of wine, like on their porch, oh, yeah, yeah. waiting for them to go to sleep, and I just was like, "Huh?" I get that because that sleep bad. Yeah, you get messed up. It, that time gets messed up. I, I also I drive around Beverly Hills. They go to sleep, and I'd be like, "There's a parking ramp on a Little Santa Monica there, a uh, free parking thing," and I uh, pull in there. It's dark. Okay, pull in there. Did I get my iPad out? They're asleep, whatever. And I still go to that parking. I still I was pulled in there. A, uh, uh, pretty recently, I'm just sitting in the parking ramp, yeah, just because it's my peace place. And uh, Jamie Lee Curtis came up, I had seen her a little bit. She goes, What are you doing? I go, Oh, I'm just uh, sitting in the parking ramp. It's concerned. <laughs> are you okay? I go, Yeah, I'm okay. I'm great. Good to see you. But uh, it's just that place where you could chill, and then that one day they could start going to sleep on time. But yeah. you know, you do all those things that birthday thing. My kids, they've been through a high conflict six year divorce it's gotta custody. be tough my daughter has never she's seven never seen her mom and i hug which makes things a lot easier my son has never said boy i wish you guys were back together but you're i i, I i'm hypersensitive to uh to things because i think well that the stuff they've witnessed is just you know uh especially my son i got just i cut more slack than people yeah. but he did when he would have his meltdowns this is after he was you know long after his mom moved out longer uh, and he's a big boy, you know, he's a head taller than everybody in school and way thicker. And, uh, uh, he would do a thing where he'd lay down on the hall and just say, I'm not moving. I'm not moving. And then one day I'm like, well, our life has to go on. Me and Quinn, you're welcome to do that, but you need to go in your room. And yeah. he's like, I'm not going to go. And then I would pick him up and he's, he's, uh, and I would just take him to his room, put him in his room. And then it, 10 minutes later, he'd come out. He was fine. I was, yeah. Now I have to drag him because he's so big. Yeah. He does it very seldom. <coughs> but my daughter, uh, the first time I've ever given her a timeout was uh, two weeks ago. I had one hour timeout the first time. And uh, because she'd done something and one hour timeout, no phone, no, uh, you know, 
And she was so mad at me for two weeks. Really? Yeah, I I do the imagine what it was like to be a parent before FaceTime. Well, you couldn't even call your, you know, you, you couldn't see, definitely couldn't see him. It's not the same as hugging him, but, yeah. you know, and she told me, I, I'm mad about that. And I go, why do you think I gave you the FaceTime? She goes, well, I made a mistake. I go, we all make mistakes. And then we, but I, but she just wasn't used to, you know, cause she doesn't do anything wrong. It's, it's so easy to, you know, uh, I mean, with my, my, I was with my nephew last night and we were playing catch and we were, uh, and he's really athletic mm -hmm. and I was, and and I what started, you play? How old's your nephew? Uh, I do not know. Uh, but like, give me a, uh, is he? Th I couldn't tell you. 30 or 15? He's going into, he just started, uh, he's probably six years old. Okay. Probably six. And you're throwing a football or baseball? Football. It's a good. nerf. And, uh, uh -huh. and he's really good. He's really athletic. Mm -hmm. And, um, we started doing this thing where we're counting. See how many times we oh, go yeah, back and forth. Oh, yeah, they got to do that. That's great. And we did it. We got to four and then we mm -hmm. got to five. And then we got to like 12. Yeah. But he dropped it on 12. And everyone kind of made a noise, and he got embarrassed, and then mm -hmm. he melted down, and he didn't want to play anymore. Mm -hmm. And there's part of me as a as a outside parent that goes, "This is a great life lesson mm -hmm. about how quitting doesn't uh, like only losers quit. Mm -hmm. You need to persevere." Need mm -hmm. and then and then I I I don't know why I'm in this self correcting mm -hmm. phase. I'm going doing therapy a lot lately, mm -hmm. and so or yesterday mm -hmm. rather, at therapy right before I went over there, mm -hmm. and I thought, "Oh, I melted down as a kid." Like, I melted down a lot. Mm -hmm. I cried a lot. And I remember mm -hmm. my dad being like, don't fucking cry mm -hmm. in the middle of a fucking baseball field. Mm -hmm. Pull your shit together. Like, don't. Mm -hmm. Like, I melted down a great deal. And I was like, oh, that's part of being a kid. Mm -hmm. Only, like, psychos, like fucking Todd Marinovich's dad. Remember that guy? <laughs> yes, I do. Would be like, don't you fucking cry. Yeah. And then you that's how you raise a drug They're addict. They're psychos. They're, yeah. And people on the internet that say, we're, we're dad role models. You know, dope baby. No participation trophies. No... They're also full of shit. I yeah. love participation trophies because it gets the kid to go, I look at a trophy I got. Oh, Maybe I'll yeah. do this again next they, year. They don't remember what it was like when no one got trophies except for the one kid that ended up going pro. Exactly. He's going to get trophies the rest of yeah. his fucking life. First impressions matter. There are no two ways around it. And your face is probably the first thing that someone's going to notice about you. How your skin looks is going to determine how good or bad the impression you give them is. I decided... It's time to put my best face forward, and I started using Caldera Labs to do so. Clinically proven to reduce wrinkles, fine lines, and signs of aging, Caldera Lab is the leader in men's skincare, and it's here to save your day and your confidence. Use our exclusive offer at calderalab.com Bert to enjoy 20% off their best products. I love the under eye uh, icon, I think it's called, that they have. For me, that's the one thing I see when I see your, my, my face. I look at my bags under my eyes or how tired I look because I barely slept. And that stuff works. It tightens it up. It's good. I sometimes do the, I'll put that on first, then I'll put an eye patch on. I'm telling you just how fancy a boy I am. Caldera Lab creates high-performance men's skincare products, and the regiment is your twice-a-day formula to transform your skin. And the best part is super easy. It literally takes 30 seconds in the morning, 30 seconds at night. This little time for a huge benefit is compounding interest. I can get behind this all day long. Get 20% off by going to calderalab.com slash Burt. That's 20% off by going to calderalab.com slash Burt. Jump into skin and first impression royalty with Caldera Lab. Yesterday, we did a thing in the pool because we have, again, a big pool, Swahals. 
and they swim laps and can't, 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 they're so competitive, even though my daughter's two and a half years younger, so competitive. And they eventually, they're starting to do weights. My son is especially and and have these five pound weights and he's doing how many, I made mistakes. Say, I'll pay you a dollar for every lap in the pool you do thinking he could do two. Yeah. And he did 140 the first day. I'm like, we got to fix that out. And so we have a chart. It went down to five cents or whatever. But, but, but they, they compete and they took these five pound weights through one at the deepest parts. It's a very deep pool and then dive down, bring it up. And then my daughter do it too. And then my daughter said, I'm going to do two of those. So anytime your kids are in the pool, you're on point. You're, you're yeah. the lifeguard, you yeah. know? And my thing is, I wish I could sit here casually, but I, I would just have to get in the pool, make it closer. And I also thought this yesterday, I went to the pool myself first and I thought, you know, I have people watch the kids, me, Somebody should probably be out here watching me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's when you get, uh, you get old, but she went down and got two, pulled them up. And she goes, I can do three. And I go, that's a lot of weight. We had, so she basically got a one handle. Yeah. She did it. Then she did four. And so sometimes you watch them, you know, do Send these. Send her out to Laird of, Hamilton's house. Uh, Laird and Gabby do that every fucking day. Oh yeah. That's we used to do. I love Laird. I was, they're, they're the fuck. Gabby. I mean, everything. About, yeah. The, uh, I, I used to, I was really good at, uh, then probably my proudest moment as a dad was there were a bunch of kids over family like families were over a bunch of kids were over but it's like some families we don't really know that well mm-hmm. and their kids and then some mm-hmm. we do and georgia and i like come in in bathing suits and they're like dad it's no fun out there and i was like what and they're like come out and can you create a game and i was like mm-hmm. i was like are you sure and they're like you're so good at it dad make a game for us mm-hmm. so i come out and georgia announces to the pool Guys, my dad's out. It's about to be awesome. He's great at <laughs> oh games. Oh my god, that makes me so happy. And I was happy. just like, I was All like, right. this is what I do. And then, <laughs> yeah. and then I was like, but I used to create games yeah. for them, and I was okay. really, I, I don't know. I love, I love, I love the playfulness of life. I don't like. Yeah, I'm, it's very good. So I don't really follow any politics, mm-hmm. and I, I'm, I have the luxury of doing mm-hmm. that, you know, because I'm a fucking white dude, straight yeah. white dude. But yeah. like, I don't. I, I just love the fucking. I love parties. I love playing. Mm-hmm. I love. I, I love. I love all of it. I, love, I mean, it's curious. You, you keep. I've heard you say a couple times, like, what, "What do you? What do you want to be doing professionally? Like, would you like to do a talk show? Like, I'm always curious at your level. I'd be mm-hmm. curious in seeing anything mm-hmm. you do. Well, I, uh, you know, I, I don't. There's nothing specific. I think You've I probably so got, never had goals. They go. My first goal was because my dad. The only time we heard him laugh was when there was a Bob Hope special as a kid, and I remember. We'd be upstairs hearing him laugh, like really laugh. And I thought, I've got to do what Bob Hope does, whatever that is. Yeah. And so one of the first things I did when I moved here was a Bob Hope special. And Bob Hope called my dad. He wrote him all the signed all this stuff for him. And uh, I remember thinking, okay, that's it. I really don't have any. But with each job, I'd be, it was a stand-up, which is my original love, of course. Do you tour and it all? I do. I do. I, not, not enough. I don't have yeah. an agent. I need to get an agent because I do enjoy it. You know, yeah. I do the shows here and there and i do a lot of stuff in town best damn sports show was that was a great show i mean that's a, that's you know i've done to get paid well to talk about sports like guys like me and you like it was crazy it was crazy because i'd sit there and i didn't have to be objective i was a fan yeah. and if i loved it the cubs i loved the fucking cubs and and i would sit there between people like ernie banks and willie mays going holy shit and it takes you back to you know, it's like music, sports takes you back as a kid. You're oh like, my God. How is this even possible? How am I playing football with Joe Montana? How am I, you know, these are crazy things. Uh, 
Uh, well, how lucky am I? So that was a great, that was great fun. And a lot of comedians came on. Brody Stevens was a warm up. Brody Stevens was the best guy. Brody Stevens was, I, I mean, I was a huge fan. And Brody Stevens got in a lot of trouble on the show. Did First he? of all, but I got him out of all. I mean, I remember once he was sitting in Human Resources. I walked by, I saw him in there and go, what? Oh, Brody, what now? He goes, well, they said I got to uh, me. I said something. I got to fight with the wardrobe. Movie. I go, you know, I love the wardrobe. Movie. You can't fight and then I went to them and go, yeah, yeah, guys, anybody else but Brody Stevens. Brody's got to be, I'm letting him come back. And they go, God damn it. I go, and then the, the human resource woman goes, well, uh, uh, how many, how many chances are you going to give him? And I go, however many it takes, however many he needs. Yeah. He's that one guy. He would get up there during 9 <laughs> 11. And he, his opening act was, Hi, I'm a, I'm a uh, well, I forget if it was Desert Storm, uh, a veteran of whatever. And we, oh, we had a lot of soldiers. We'd have people from Fort Irwin and Camp Hill oh, and our God. audience. And they go, goes a veteran. They go, yeah. He goes, I, I'm in Iraq, uh, veteran, yeah. not from the Iraq army, but still. And he would take this shit like it would stun people, but he would get up there, man. Such an interesting guy. And, uh, you know, you know, from the, the store and, stuff and you know i always rooted for him and it, he would tell stories about his family how he had to shave his sister's back and i think they were all true <laughs> that's uh but you know i i feel uh you know he is an example of you know he he was changing his uh medication and yeah. uh if you're if you know anybody that that has mental uh, health issues it's on a medication that's changing uh, uh you know ask if you could be around you know it's a terrible thing for everybody but there's a period of time where you need to be, you know. I, I, I was he I, I was around a couple times when he was one time he got off the medication, and uh, and it was right before his first big breakdown, and uh, he came to my house, and um, it was just so fucking intense. Mm -hmm. And then, but man, on medication he was just he was the best. He, we lived. We lived really close to each other uh, mm -hmm. when we in our old house, mm -hmm. and so I'd see him every day. I'd see him every day at Starbucks. Mm -hmm. My daughters knew him. Like mm -hmm. he'd, I mean, he was just a, mm -hmm. you know, it was funny. We, my daughters, I, I would, I forced my daughters pretty heavily into softball because I love baseball. No, softball's great. And so I would, and I just would for fun. Mm -hmm. way, a way to connect was we'd go out and hit, uh, hit balls. Oh yeah, and uh, and they, it would be wiffle balls in the front mm -hmm. yard. And they had such pretty swings. And um, Brody, uh, Brody comes walking by one time, and I'm doing it with George, and he goes, "Throwing her hands, <laughs> moving, uh, moving, positioning weight well, all on the back <laughs> yeah, leg. Yeah, I yeah. like it." And it's yeah. just, it's just, I, I miss that guy. He bums yeah. me out. He could throw bad. He, I think he played, he played for Arizona he State. Played for or Arizona State. And, and, we had yeah. a, you know how they have the Showbiz uh, Softball League. Yeah. And it'd be like Seinfeld and, and Best Dance Sports Show. It was the one time. And I'd done softball league with Roseanne and Jackie Thomas and my other shows. And uh, and that was fun. But with Best Dance Sports Show, we we participated. We had real, like, Ken Griffey Jr. played outfield for us once. And John Cruck was our left-handed shortstop. Uh, he, he, yeah, everybody's like, well, John Cruck's fat. No. He is such a I great just, athlete. I he just, can do anything. I just showed John Cruck videos to Leanne yesterday. Oh just yesterday i was like i was like you don't understand how great john crock was. he was so great he's such a great guy he was that you know that first group of him and michael Irvin and uh john sally and chris rose and man i mean you just couldn't have better what a fucking legendary group who so how, how who are all the 
pull up all the sports, all the hosts for best damn sports. Well, show. Uh, uh, John uh, Sally was basketball. Michael Irvin was football. We had Deacon Josephers. Michael Irvin had been arrested for a cocaine possession, and I said, "Let's." Uh, when he gets uh, fat, that then he gets to be on the show. Yeah. I just knew he'd be great. And John Cruck was our baseball guy. Chris Rose is really great at the. Uh, uh, Lisa Guerrero was our. Uh, uh, Leanne Tweeden. Leanne Tweeden went to Florida State. Oh, she did. She was a DG at Florida State. Yeah. I think. I think okay. she ended up marrying a uh, Rascal Flats guy. Oh, she did. I, I might I, be I, wrong. I might, actually, I, I'm, she's I, nice. I'm totally wrong. I'm totally wrong. Leanne I'm totally wrong. Okay. I'm thinking of someone else. Oh, okay. Leanne tweeted. I mean, um, you know, Lisa Guerrero's done very well, and uh, or Julie Barbie. I love so her. So Julie and I, yeah, yeah. And I, I, I guess uh, Bob Oshak and Ari Spears were guests. Clarissa Thompson, she's great. But uh, Leanne Tweed got in a little bit of trouble with the. Uh, uh, Al Franken thing. Al Franken. Yeah. And I do have compassion. Uh, Leanne's a conservative. Very. Right? Yeah. And I think what happened is, you know, you've got, you probably, I don't know if you've ever gone to the USO stuff or done stuff at, uh, 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 you know, it's great fun. Yeah. And Al Franken was doing a lot of that. There's a picture, and I'd seen the picture 10 years before it became public, where they're on one of those C2s or whatever, fly back, and he's being buddies, hovering his, Leanne's asleep, hovering his, uh, Hands over her, uh, you know, boobs like a hilarious comedian thing, uh, but he had gave her the picture, and uh, so ten years before it became public, I'd seen it. I was like, "Oh, that's okay, whatever that is." And I think people got in her head and said, "You could be the the conservative me too person because of that picture, and you could write books and you could help people." And uh, when she first came out and said that, started talking about, it, I, I called her to say, "I got your back, whatever." You're going through, and she didn't call me back. It was the first time she'd never called me back. I was like, really? "That's strange." And then, uh, as it started, you know, I I realized, and I also thought I I saw her on the View talking, and they said, uh, "Do you want him to lose his job?" And she's like, "No," like she genuinely meant it. But it was he was losing it, his it job. Kind of destroyed him, right? Yeah. And so uh, this uh, Julie Barbary oh. and, and uh, Lisa Grell, I, I said, "I can't get Leanne to call me back. I want to talk about this." And they said, come and meet us at the, at the polo lounge right now. And I said, so I went down to the polo lounge and they're like, I'll tell you how to get to her and talk to you. Uh, the reason we didn't get to go that Super Bowl with you is because Leanne was extra close to the executive producer. I go, no, that never happened. I knew everything. You don't know everything. You thought you knew everything. But, but women pay attention to these things. If someone is, really? you know, and so I called her and said, I know what happened with you and whatever, call me back immediately crying uh it was the night before al resigned um but you know she's a Does she she kind of got used yes oh yeah everybody Wait, got used to that al franken got State. screwed she got screwed because they put her out on a press junket to do the view and all these other shows and with nobody there was nobody with her all these bad bad they said you go out here and do our political work for us and they did not she was out there alone and and, and you know that's a horrible that's a horrible feeling. Um, so, but my experience with her was she's very sweet, and uh, you know, uh, they got she got caught up in that thing where they coached her up, and they put her out there. She's the one that paid the price too. That's she and Al Franken, Tiffany Fallon, Tiffany fucking Fallon. Oh yeah, Tiffany yeah. Fallon. Pull up Tiffany Fallon. She's. She, I don't know why I always think yeah. she's Leanne Tweeden. She's absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, and she did a lot of the stuff that Leanne Tweeden did. Oh yeah, she was Tiffany Fallon was. Uh, one of those like moved to LA and and uh, absolutely oh, she's beautiful. Pretty. Yeah, she's yeah. 
she was she was a DG at Florida State. There's a bunch of people. The lady that um, so funny. I'm I'm texting with this. I, you know, I almost just said, "Hey, I was reading about a guy from Florida State last night. He was a frat guy. I swear to God, <laughs> I was going to tell you about yourself, like for real. Like I read that Rolling Stone uh, thing. I'm like, oh yeah, there's a. Do you know that guy? But are you the most successful person you went to high school with? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I am I am you know, there's a, a fictional character from Atubo, Iowa named Radar O'Reilly from Bash, but by far, although I did there was a Miss Universe and Miss America before I was bored from Atubo, Iowa, Carol Morris. And I can't she was both. The, the only person who bid both. Really? And uh quite beautiful and very successful, still alive. Uh so we might hook up, but uh <laughs> yeah, it's a. Uh, you know, I mean, it depends on how you look at success. There's been some people that have been successful in different things, yeah. you know, farming, uh, finance and different things. But, you know, I, I was the only person that said, I, you know, I want to be a comedian or want to do this thing. And at one point I worked on the kill floor of the meatpack plant for three years after high school. The kill, and just to say, on, buddy, slow that sentence down. Yeah. You worked on the kill floor. Yeah. That's gotta be a sad place. It is. You gotta make your own fun. It's like, it is when you think about now I take a step back and think about it. I mean, it's death. You know, you're killing, slaughtering 6,000 hogs every day. And they come by, they all weigh the same, 250 pounds, splice them all, but start cutting, cutting, cutting. And it goes this sort of chain gag and you work your way around and you do all this stuff that, that uh, you know, I still eat meat, which is crazy. But it's very hard work. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, you know, if you're an animal lover, it's a little... You know, but it, it it's what you do. And so uh, about the third year there, I, I, I started going to community college, but I'm like, I'm not going to, the idea of becoming a, a comedian in Hollywood or whatever is just too crazy. It's too crazy. And I went out that night to, we had a disco open called Jailhouse, which is a our first disco in that tumble. And it was great until my parents went and did line dancing. But I walked out at two in the morning and Andy Kaufman was standing on the curb. I'm oh, like, holy what? fuck. And I went up and talked to him a little bit. He'd come to Ottawa. We had the women's wrestling event at the Coliseum. We had a lot of wrestling. It was very big. And he'd come. He was staying at Fairfield at Maurici International University, working on transcendental meditation. And he'd driven down the 20 miles. And he went to the wrestling event, paid the women to stay late and wrestle him, and then took everybody in the crowd to Happy Joe's Pizza in school buses. And I'm like, that's the guy. Everything about him is who I want to be. Plus, if he could get here from Hollywood, surely you could get there. Yeah. You know, so it was uh, oh, inspirational. You know, that's it's, I, I just heard someone saying that because people always say, what are you doing here? And that it's an interesting statement. If you can get here, then I can get there. Absolutely. Absolutely. And now, and now because when I first started, there were three networks, three television networks. And they, you had to do things a certain way. And you had to come here or New York, whatever. And now young people and creative people could do what, you know, they could make movies on their phones or they could oh, do. yeah. I mean. Uh, the sky's the fucking limit. Yeah. I, I can't imagine. I really don't know why anyone would move to Hollywood anymore. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't make sense. And I, and, I, and it doesn't make sense to a st to a point where I think Hollywood has to recognize that. And and they have to make they have to make this a different city. They have to make yeah. this a different city. And How make do you it, mean? Make it more accessible. Make it more. Oh, I mean, it's just, it's, the, yeah. our, our homeless problem is, is, yeah. uh, is heartbreaking I, yeah. I only i only get uh i only tether to um political things when it uh in a human way yeah like, yeah I, I don't yeah i don't really follow any of the fucking 
I don't know. I some I, like every now and then things will show up in my feed about like some name of I don't even know the names of the politicians. Like the ones in San Francisco that had the gay husband who got who beat up his lover or what. I don't even know. Oh, but you, you see things online yeah. and then you go, I don't need to know about that. Yo, I don't need to know about yo, that. Yo. Or the uh, uh, I don't I don't know who Diane Feinstein is. I She's a hundred years old. She won't retire. She's she she's and nobody's I, like we don't want her to. She's a Democrat, and she's lost. Uh, you know, if she she's born, literally ninety years old. She but. was born before mm -hmm. they invented the Cobb yeah. salad. That, that's well, the thing. But I she saw. did a lot of great things. You know, I think she started as mayor. And then, you know, fifty years ago, she was doing. But now it's like they get that weird thing. It's like comedians don't want to retire. That was a comedian's joke, by the way. That I told, like, I watched some guy's joke about. He goes, "Let me explain. Talk to you about the Cobb salad." That's funny. And then it was really. Fun. I wish I could credit that guy. I, I, when so, was the Cobb salad invented? 1936. Wow. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. And so sh uh, whoever, can you see if the you can find that guy so I can credit him? Let's talk about the homeless thing. And you got a really good point. The homeless thing fucking really bums you me You care out. about an issue. It is a major that, so issue. That's, that's the issue. Yeah. So I see, when I see uh, homeless young women, I see mm -hmm. my daughters. Because mm -hmm. I go, mm -hmm. yeah, that life life is one mm -hmm massive accident away mm -hmm. from that happening to you yes it's very true where where you no longer can have parents that can help you with your mm -hmm. maybe your medication mm -hmm. or or um or maybe mm -hmm. life throws you a curveball that you were not ready for and mm -hmm. you and you trust the wrong person mm -hmm. and you end up in there i see that or you have a psychic break or you have yeah. something just a thing when they first start talking about the homeless like when i moved here at 88 or whatever it was a thing oh get them off the street get them a job get them yeah. You know, let's get it's him not cleaned that. up. It's not that. And it's really not that. It's 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 not that. And 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 and, I, and when the other thing that that I'm that that I, and it's just so bad that it is. And I don't think. I mean, I, you know, you can talk to different people. Different sides of the of the fence will tell you. No, these people want to be homeless. Mm -hmm. Like they they enjoy being homeless. Some some do. Some, some do. Yeah, and not all. Not I can't like, imagine everyone likes yeah. being homeless. Right. I think everyone would love having. I think everyone would love following their dream. Yeah. And and and, and maybe having a goal and, and achieving a goal and having a fa I think there's a lot of things people could enjoy. Um, but I, I don't know how to fix it. And I don't know. I've said it. I've said it on this podcast. I've said it to uh, politicians that I've met at parties. Tell me how I can help. Mm -hmm. Tell me how I can help. And mm -hmm. no one's got an answer. And mm -hmm. then the answer they do give you is some fucking, mm -hmm. seems like some self-interest group that goes yeah 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 give us like give us like a hundred thousand dollars and you're like hold on like i i am my i have no problem just giving money to people mm -hmm. but i know that i am more valuable than the money like mm -hmm. i can get more i can generate more money right than now I you could do a give. show for the midnight mission i don't know if you're familiar with the midnight mission no. downtown but they do put on a comedy show and honor people here that's a really great organization because it's right in the middle of what we used to call skid row skid row and they are dealing with you know, they do tough love. They do all this stuff. They do. It, it's as good as you could get under these circumstances. Yeah. And I think that, uh, uh, you know, you talking about one bad thing away. What, you know, I worry that, you know, anybody with kids or myself, like, what would it take for me to get to get there? And then I see some homeless people that have their couples. They have a wife or girlfriend. Yeah. I'm like, I can't even get a wife, girlfriend when I live to Beverly Hills. <laughs> so whatever it is. You know, but it's not, I think it, when it comes across by people are like, I'm sick of seeing those people. I want those people rounded up and, you know, I mean, 
I, I think that that you just got to kind of, I mean, California's warm. Yeah. You don't see in Iowa because they would die all yeah. the time. I mean, there are homeless people, but, you know, there's got to be, I think it's little solutions over at just this and this and this. And I think it's also, you could connect people. That people are, are homeless. Their family has no idea where they are. Yeah. And that's, you know, you sometimes you need to connect people or there's a lot of kids that ran away uh, that living on Hollywood Boulevard. I did a movie called Gardens of the Night about what happened to them before they ended up homeless on Hollywood Boulevard. Yeah. And so, you know, there's a lot of different ways to, uh, you know, it's a, it's a multi, you know, Dr. Drew, I think it's a friend of yours too. Yeah. Says it's mental health and chemical dependency. Yeah. And, and you know, but uh, I don't think anybody's like, I'm living the dream. No. Here. I think there's some, I like, I, I followed these, uh, these train jumpers on oh yeah yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, some of them think they are yeah they are Those, what do they call themselves uh not hobos hobos or... what they you definitely yeah, yeah, yeah. um but they like... had the big the hobo convention the national hobo convention was in brit iowa every year oh. and somehow these guys made their way to iowa and you know where there's a lot of trade and it was pretty crazy the way they you know were oh, like yeah. this is how i like to society is you know and then they'd buy for uh awards because even hobos want to win awards so. so wait what 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 like what other political like things do you get tethered to like human interest things like where you go i like to spend my focus on there like mm -hmm. like i i uh it's funny you can explain something to me and i make sense uh tiffany haddish you know tiff yes i do so tiff well. was a foster child yeah and she explained i loved this this was yeah. like she explained that you know when you're a foster, foster kid you don't get like a suitcase and stuff to travel with you traveled in, in she traveled in plastic bags yeah. and it made her feel less than of course. every time she had to throw her shit in a plastic mm -hmm. bag and it wasn't until she got uh a suitcase that she felt like she had a home mm -hmm. where she had a place where she could keep her stuff mm -hmm. and so then that's what she does in the she ready foundation she provides suitcases mm, and great. like and like and like all the stuff that would come uh -huh. in it all the stuff that you'd need as a kid and for her i i, I think if i'm not mistaken she was doing a thousand dollar donations one at a time, yeah. and me and uh, me and Joe Coy and Jimmy Kimmel just cleaned it up and just gave it all. Yeah. So it was like it was explained so succinctly yeah. of going like, "This is where this money goes." I love that kind of shit. Well, it's great. It, it's a really interesting uh, thing. It's very personal. Jimmy Kimmel. I mean, <laughs> he he he. he uh, he he came to a, a heart camp. One of our cardiologists saved yeah. his son's life, and oh, he said, right. "I'll this, come this. to your house and make grilled cheese for you. How much?" And he ended up getting two hundred and forty fucking thousand dollars, which could pay for you know each kid is twelve hundred dollars. It's a you know, and like he is the most generous. Since then, we're like, you got to come back. Hey, maybe we come. But, <laughs> yeah. but you guys, that's a great thing to do. And uh, you know, when I think about, you know, I believe I'm a great parent. But when I see these people that adopt kids and people that adopt special needs kids, oh. I mean, uh, that is, there is, you know, there's, I mean, that's just, I can't even, I can't explain uh, how amazing that is and how, you know, uh, you know, so it makes me want to be better to do oh, better. I said, um, I had uh, like a little bit of an an epiphany one night where I realized how many older parents have special needs kids mm -hmm. who 
they're worried, like the fear that who's going to take care of my yeah. kids when I'm gone. And so I said to Leanne, I was like, we should start like a, start like a foundation or something to help raise money to ensure that those, she goes, that's already there. I go, then let's, I go, let's adopt. A, this is like me and my blind. Of course. No, will. I get it. I go, let's adopt a special needs mm-hmm. <laughs> adult mm-hmm. and tell his parents, we'll meet his parents and say, listen, mm-hmm. just trust that your kid will always be taken care of. Mm-hmm. He's my age. Mm-hmm. I, we will always take care of him. He'll have a job with us. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll, we'll set up a, a foundation, you know, like we'll, mm-hmm. we'll, he, he could will, definitely work with comedy. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and then Leanne goes, you're out of your fucking mind. Yeah. And I go, what? And she goes, no, what's he going to do? And I said, I don't know. Fucking come to the house and pick up dog shit and fucking rake leaves. I don't yeah. know, but it doesn't matter. And yeah. she goes, yeah, 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 yeah. Where are you going to be? And I was like, I'm on, I'll be on the road. And she goes, <laughs> She's right. she goes, so it's me yeah. and fucking She's right. the guy, kid from life goes yeah. on. Yeah. He needs out to go with long. you. Yeah. Hey, that's a, that's the real. Yeah. And guy, then, oh, I'll take him with me. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm going to leave him with my. And uh, then family. she goes, and then, and then I go, <laughs> this is the best part is I go, I go, I go, okay, fine. I'll take him on the road with me. And she goes, and what's he going to do on the fucking road with you? I go, I'll get, I'll have him get ice. She goes, that's your cousin's job. Yeah. And I was like, she's like, you already have a couple special make videos. needs people. We'll make funny yeah. videos that I'll get in trouble for yeah. making those funny videos. Yeah. But, uh, but I do, yeah. I do. No, I understand the altruistic. Uh, you, you've tried, you know. like, even when you try to do your best. Yeah. Like, I tried to give money to St. Jude so many times. Yeah. I have given money, but I tried yeah. to give money based on, like. We'll take money at the camp. I'm just going to tell you. I can't I, my, my time is even more your valuable. Your time will be Let's, way more. Well, if we can honor you. Yeah, get me. Get the me. Home ride. No, I'm not even kidding. You, I, I auction the, me off. I will auction you auction off. Me I off. mean, you are, you know, especially with a younger compared to me. No, but no, you're great. You're great. I, I would. I, I have no problem. I did. Have you ever done Big Brother program? Like we had a. There's a place called Holly Grove here in uh, Hollywood that is the oldest. Uh, uh, they used to call them orphanages. Marilyn Monroe was there when she was a kid. That's we talked. We talked. Yep. We talked about uh, orphanages on Two Bears. Mm-hmm. God damn it, Holston. What was that? Do you remember that? Oh God. What is it? There we, we talked about orphanages on two. We were t- saying, are there still orphans? Yeah. And uh, are there still orphanages? And then they pulled up. There was like, there's one Los yeah. Angeles orphanage. Yeah. And we're like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, it's run by Master Bert. And we're like, huh? <laughs> and it was totally made up. It, we oh, tried that's to, yeah, really yeah, yeah. funny. But randomly, we yeah. talked. We put, but we, but yeah, keep going. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, but 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 no, I I I was working with them and helping with them. Uh, 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 yeah, they asked me to do. I forget what to be honored that I got involved with them. But, whatever it is and it's just a great program and they had a lot of young people volunteering there were but uh i signed up to be a big brother what what you know and i got this kid um abraham and very very cool black kid uh and it was really good for me i loved you know and i tell i could tell he's been through some abuse man yeah which i can absolutely relate to as a kid but took him around you know kind of we had a thing where uh, if you ever feel uncomfortable, right, I don't care where we are, I'll take you back. He was sort of in a group home with like 20 other boys. And uh, so we had a good thing going. And then he found, I came over the house. He, he, everybody gets cleared for that. And then I, I he found out that Shaq lived across the street from me. <laughs> and up to that point, I was the coolest dude in this kid's world. Like I and took then, him out. Yeah. We got fed, and he was just staring at me. And so I'm like, oh, you want to meet Shaq? And then Shaq was great to him. Shaq's giving yeah. out $50 bills to all the kids. Like, yeah. man, he was great. And then I kind of had, je- I was jealous. I've got to admit, like, from <laughs> then on, he's like, 
uh, where's Shaq? Like, he didn't give a shit about me, but that kid, that kid grew up. You could tell we'd walk into a Nike town and, and I'd walk in first or, and then he'd walk in and they'd look at him, all the salespeople. And I go, no, no, he's with me. Like, like really? he's a criminal. He was like uh, 12, 11. He's a black kid. They're like, and the, the, whatever stores went to, I just watching the way that people treated him, him versus you. you know, versus me and you have it to go. And, and so he's had that and will have that. So that was very enlightening. Now the guy he's grown up and, and uh bit, he's a counselor. He counsels, you like, it's the best case oh, wow. scenario, you know, but, 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 you know, you just, it opens your eyes to a lot of, a lot of things. I'd love maybe. to be a big brother, but I'm having a hard time being a regular father. Yeah. But you have two daughters, right? I have two daughters. Yeah. I got yeah. to wait till my kids are out of the house and start, before I start bringing dudes in. Yeah. <laughs> no, but that's good. But you your know, daughters have different, but we, yeah, I'm sure, I, I assume they have different personalities. Yeah. Very. One of them is, you know, and my, my thing with Mike, I wanted my son to be sensitive and my daughter to be a little tough. That's, I wanted, instead of going the standard, and I think that's kind of how it's turned out. Oh, I, I wish, I, I mean, my daughters could not be more different, but more alike. But they're very similar. They're both mm -hmm. their moms. They're both Leanne's daughters. You could tell. Yeah. But like, uh, yeah, I don't. I, 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 I feel like I did nothing in raising these children. Like I'm being serious. Like I, I, I was, I was on the road a lot. Mm -hmm. But you know, this shit you, you do. You gave them unconditional love, and you, here's what's great. You had a partner who said that's fine. Yeah, I got your back. They know, and she just whatever your kids. I'm just guessing would say they miss you. She'd explain why. Oh, and then I'm sure that you seem like kind of guy that when you got back, you're all in. I was pretty present. That was the thing is like the the the, the two three days that I'd be home, you know, or a week I'd be home. I was very present. It's funny we were, you know, we did this huge summer festival tour. Both girls worked for us. Uh, Leanne worked for us. I mean, Leanne runs helps i mean runs the festival pretty much mm -hmm. but both girls were pas they're both pas right now outside mm -hmm. and um that's a good way to learn everything and georgia comes down one morning and she sits next to me at the at the in catering mm -hmm. you know and this is a big festival to put in perspective we have seven tour buses we have four semis we have uh 10 10 talent on every night on every date wow we have i mean it's just really that's it's, very it's arenas and amphitheaters and stadiums and um and uh and catering every morning catering lunch mm -hmm. eat breakfast lunch and dinner and like two weeks into it georgia comes did you ever think you'd be part of something like no, that when no, you start off absolutely you're like, not i'm gonna be part of this massive <clears throat> machine uh you know i had a I had epiphany we, we closed out at the gorge this year which i think was like fifteen thousand. and uh and i'm sitting there looking at this the most probably the most beautiful outdoor uh, venue in the world in my opinion I, I'd, I'd like to see yeah. some other ones but it, it's the best best one i've ever performed at mm -hmm. and someone came up to me i think it was big jokerson and he was like you know man this is really impressive that you created this and then i was sitting there going oh my god this was like just a stupid idea i had a stupid idea i had where i was like what if i like because i did the i did tour during the pandemic in driving mm -hmm. movie theaters and i was like oh, i should do this with friends that would be cool doing like outdoor venues with mm -hmm. friends and like pack it with great lineups and like have fun during the day and then i was like i had this like washed over me i started crying i was like oh this is fucking insane mm -hmm. you know what's even crazier and i think you'll identify with this we were in new york we opened at uh the u.s open uh at uh forest hills where they oh, used wow. to be the u.s open yeah 
and we opened in that stadium. Oh wow, that's a great fucking place. beautiful. And someone said to me, um, "You should, uh, you should be really proud of yourself. You put all this together. This is mm-hmm. a big over undertaking." And mm-hmm. and uh, can you believe that you're this guy that would put this together? Like, isn't that crazy? Because like, mm-hmm. did you did you ever think you were the guy mm-hmm. that would put this together? And I said. Yeah, because I knew that if I didn't, I wouldn't be invited. Yeah. Like, I was yeah. never the cool comic. You tell that Rolling Stone piece of way yeah. back. You're like, oh, no, this guy, <laughs> you know, he's uh, he's going to go full-headed oh, to whatever. I, There's I, nothing he's afraid of. But um, but uh, what I was saying, Georgia one morning comes down. It's probably maybe, a, uh, I'm guessing, like, three weeks into the tour. And Georgia comes down, sits next to me at breakfast, and she's she's the one that, broke down mitch hedberg just everything she does is a little analytical and she goes this is so fucking cool i go what do you mean she goes like you're having breakfast with the funniest comics in the world mom me and isla Mm -hmm. all our friends are here Mm -hmm. she goes everyone loves you like everyone this is a big group of Mm -hmm. everyone she goes no wonder you never came home she (laughs) goes this is awesome she goes you guys stay out until late you drink and you laugh. Mm-hmm. You sleep on tour buses. You wake mm-hmm. up. You have breakfast ready for you. Mm-hmm. You do a show to 12,000 people mm-hmm. who love you. Everyone cheers for you. She mm-hmm. goes, no, this is amazing. Yeah. Like, this isn't, she goes, this isn't fair. Like, other people should get this. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no shit. Mm-hmm. I was like, but, it's but, fucking- you know, it's also because <clears throat> the way that she's like, I'm here, my sister, mom, and those. Oh, yeah. yeah that's the whole broad. That's oh. so full because not everybody can hold on to that uh they get out there the road and they can't hold on to that family or they something goes sideways or uh, they they abuse themselves but the full to have it all yeah i mean literally have it all and have your kids appreciate it you know your wife working with you i mean that's a it's that's a i mean that's a you're living the dream man. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely living the dream I, I, my only thing i need to take care of is my health Cause yeah. I, like financially and mm-hmm. and professionally i'm so happy like i'm never i never thought i'd be here mm-hmm. adversely i never thought i'd be this fat like yeah. you know do you like worry that that people love you fat people love you with your shirt no. up you're that guy do you have to do you feel like yeah i gotta give them that guy no okay good I, I feel like i look at pictures of me you know someone i was talking to rogan about it and i, and I said something like you know uh i forget what i said he goes you know just giving you a heads up man if someone was saying that mm-hmm. someone was saying you know bert but if you lose the weight mm-hmm. your fans won't like you and i was like i don't think that and then joe goes you know if bert loses 20 pounds mm-hmm. he's still fat as fuck yeah, yeah that's right <laughs> I, I, I was watching your thing at your uh your uh, special with your story about russia and just looking at your body like his fat is hard it's you know because we know yeah. we know people that weigh less than us and are just disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I was like, that is hard. Like, that's where it seems like he's worked on his fat. He's I got a, hard fat. I yeah, got hard that's fat. What, that's what I'm you on want. testosterone. I've lift yeah. weights. I'm in, I'm in pretty good shape. But, like, fat-wise, like my belly, like just getting mm-hmm. up off the couch right. is a little frustrating. Mm-hmm. And I go, that, I never thought I'd be where I am professionally, mm-hmm. but I never thought physically I'd be here. And my dudes I grew up with are like, are like, you hang on you're an athlete like i don't know what is yeah, yeah, going on for with your sure, body for sure like we went to my i went to my i've told this a million times yeah. i'll tell it a million more i went to my high school um my high school when i went to play tampa and they wanted to me to come by and say hi to the kids and all the kids were like hey can you can you, t- can you take batting practice with us and i was like yeah and i hit a home run oh my god that's and so all great. these kids are like this fat fuck 
yeah. just hit a home run yeah. in our – I mean, they lost their shit. They're like, the, you, the look on these kids' faces when I hit a home run, so they're watching me, and then they go like this, and then they look back at me like yeah. – and then I run the bases, and I get winded running the bases. <laughs> I am a full Babe Ruth. Yeah. Well, you know, it seems like my son, when he would hit a home run, he'd be mad he had to run the bases. He's like, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> well, David Wells, you remember, do you know Boomer? I know David, David Wells. Wells. I know David Wells. Uh, was at his wedding, uh, very I know close. David Wells' son. Yeah. I know oh, yeah, David yeah. Wells. I know David Wells very well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's a huge fan of comedy. He, David Wells is one of those comedy. guys that will go to a cheap trick concert and sit in the front row. Like, he, yeah. even though he's done amazing stuff in his career, I mean, like, it's incredible. But he uh, he had a back surgery, and I had to change him, get him in the shower. You know, and his body is not unlike your his top-of-the-line body. Yeah. When he was throwing a perfect game, you know, he's, he's just, you know, but he's obviously – very skilled yeah and some of those guys they just look batted clothes <laughs> oh yeah there's there's uh i was watching crook i was watching yeah, john crook is a bad other example but it's funny when they especially like when the when he was playing with uh dalton and oh yeah and, those and guys. lenny and all those guys and, and they were calling maniac. him fat he wasn't even yeah. really that fat no but then and then as he gained weight yeah but uh but he had a heart scare too you, you know, know and so really? he was like well we were working together i came into work one day and he wasn't there and I go, uh, where's Crock? And uh, they knew we were very close. So they didn't tell me until after the show that he had a scare and it was at the hospital. Oh, wow. Because that would have been, I couldn't have, you know. Do you know who, um, God, you know who I just saw hit a golf ball? Do you remember, uh, oh, shit. Uh, who played for the White Sox? Fucking big. Uh, Frank, not not Frank Thomas. No, 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 no. Earlier than he that. He does the, the Earlier motor, than that. motor pills. I Put think. in, uh. Uh, it's a, it's an Asian. It's a pretty politically incorrect commercial. It's Car not Carl Yastrzemski. Uh, uh, fucking. What position did he play? Uh, had to play third. I mean, he's had to play third base or first base. Rod um, Kittle? No, no. Are you talking about from the shorts? Of uh, Sox? type in beer commercial. White Sox. Yeah. Uh, China. Oh, that's a. <laughs> yeah. White Sox. That's White Six. I'm curious if you type in White Six, you're gonna get a lot of stuff about coronavirus. Yeah. Oh my god. Well, I, yeah, I do like that you're. Who? No. I like that you're. Uh, uh, I don't like that you're concerned about how old you're gonna be when you die. I think about that. I, I know you do. For uh, how old are you? Fifty. Okay. That you know, it doesn't get better. Uh, you know, uh, one day. But to focus on it, it doesn't seem like, but you're, as long as you do stuff like go to the doctor and you also have a perfect life, you're like, oh shit, I could die tomorrow. I got finally got the perfect life and I'm yeah. dead, but you'll be dead. You won't even notice people I, are like, you know, what about your, are you building your legacy? I'll be dead. You Greg know, so Liz, Greg, Greg Luzinski. Greg Luzinski. Yeah. He was big. Yeah. Did yeah. he play with Greg Luzinski? His golf swing was beautiful. Yeah. And he was a big fucking dude. Yeah. I thought Greg Luzinski played, it says he played for the Phillies. I thought he he finished at the White Sox. I maybe he did finish the White Sox, but he definitely played for the Phillies. And he was big. The bull. Big dude. Like Boog Powell. Big, uh, um, you know, big dude. The Yeah, I think about that all the time. I think yeah. about... It, Who do you talk to about that? Uh, there, what, about death? Yep. Uh, don't talk to him. I don't, I'm talking to my therapist about so much other shit yeah. i don't talk to anyone i talk to people on podcasts yeah uh, like uh, louis ck rogan you yeah i talk to everyone about that well it's interesting because then they'll go oh should i do that too i i thought i would because i'm such an old dad 
if I'm the only one that goes and starts adding stuff up or doing this or doing that, and, uh, you know, if 50 is reasonably young, it's, yeah. you know, you're halfway there, maybe. And so, uh, it's good to hear that you, I hope you don't obsess on it. I, I mean, you're doing it. stuff about it though. It. If you obsess that way, like I'm obsessed to get in shape, you don't yeah. have to be Joe Rogan shape, you know, uh, that, but, but, you know, you're like, I just want to be, uh, healthy. I just want to be, um, yeah, I just want to be healthy. I don't want to like, I watched my dad. My dad was overweight at the same, roughly at the same time of his life that I was overweight. But my dad was even in better health younger, up up through his 30s, I would argue. He ran marathons. But he stayed overweight into his up until, like, 60s. And then and now you can see, like, he has a hard time with his hip, his knees bad. Mm. Like, it's just stressed his body. Yeah. And he's not as active as he wants to be. Right. And it's funny to watch that because you go, well, shit. Like, right now, my big thing is weightlifting. Because I feel it's like very good for you weightlifting. I feel like if it's the best way to be able to get out of chairs, keep and the stuff. fat hard, man. I, my dad worked for forty five years at a factory, and the next day after he retired, he got a job at the hospital for ten dollars an hour delivering body parts or whatever. Because his buddies worked at the hospital, yeah. But he wouldn't go to the doctor, and I, 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 I knew he had some issues, and I called him on a Wednesday, and he was having trouble breathing. I said. Yeah, I'm gonna. Uh, you need to go to Des Moines right now. I'm gonna send an ambulance to go up to the real hospital. He's like, oh, Tommy, the mobile oncology unit's gonna be in a tumble in three months, so I'm gonna wait for that. I can tell, Jesus like, it hit me, and so got him up there. I flew in uh, 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 Thursday morning. The doctor's like, Oh my God, he has cancer. Uh, how is he even walking around? So he had four days to live, and uh, and I I remember that a lot. I mean, he he. I think he thought, I'm just going to be walking out the door one day and then I'm going to die. And a lot of people where I'm from, a lot of farmers do that. A lot of, they're just like, I don't want to face this thing. Uh, I was old, you know, I'd had a, a dad for 57 years. Yeah. You know, my kids, you know, and both our kids are young. Yeah. So you do, you do think about that, you know, and, uh, but he went, so I got to the hospital and my dad had to use the bathroom and my four younger brothers scatter because they're huge pussies. And I really, I really was thinking I'm a dad. He was my dad. He did everything for me. He was, when I was born, he was 18. Like he changed. So I pick him up, I carry him. But by then he was so frail, I put him on the toilet. He does his business. I get the toilet paper and I'm like, I'm going to do this. And, uh, I, 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 I wiped his ass. I went for the front way, just taking a, a gas and our eyeballs are that far apart. And I, and I said, that's the intimate moment I needed for my dad, because in that look, he knew I love him. Uh, it, you know, he was a great father and I'll do anything for him in the cycle circle of life, whatever. And I pick him up and put him back into the room. And about three hours later, my stepmother gets up there and, uh, he's got to go potty again. So I pick him up, I take him in there, put him on the toilet. He's doing his business. I'm getting the toilet paper ready to go. And she's like, Tommy, what are you doing? I go, well, well I'm going to wipe dad's butt. She's like, why? He, he still wipes his own butt. I go, does he? I thought it was so funny. <laughs> but, and he, but, but that moment, I'm telling you, uh, because you think, what, but how many butts does he wipe? You know? And uh, I recommend to parents, uh, men, women, wipe all of them. Change every diaper. Take every yeah. relationship. Because... You and people tell men this. Oh, they don't realize it when they're older. It'll be no, no. It's money in the bank. The more you spend with these kids, it is. It's money for them. It's like a hundred dollars in your pocket that you're walking around. It's not a billion dollars of self-esteem, 
but they know, okay, it could get you, get them home. If they're in a bar, they have no way home. They get an Uber that, that hundred dollars, that confidence, you know, knowing and, 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 uh, the mom has had a nine month head start sharing a central nervous system. So you get in there and you do all the stuff and you could, uh, you could tell, I'll say, do you remember when this happened? I go, no. Okay. <laughs> and that could be like yesterday, yeah. but I just think that you just got to do everything. Um, I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm you glad. seem like an amazing father. Bert. No, no, Bert, no, 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 no. I'm telling you, you are, you are, and you've got, uh, uh you know, kind of a, uh, you need to not be humble about that. Not to say I'm the best guy. I know everything. You don't know everything, but you're always willing to learn shit. Like I am yeah. learning, listening to some of your stuff and, and, uh, man, you know, I just want to be better. I make a million mistakes, Oh yeah. but, but, but yet, you know, I make a ton of mistakes. Yeah. I make a ton of mistakes and I made a ton of mistakes, ton of mistakes, parenting, especially my oldest. And for whatever fucking reason, the second she went to college, she, fucking like all the shit that was you know keeping her like making her nervous or whatever it all settled yeah and she came back this after her freshman year mm-hmm. and i was like i've said it i said it to her three or four times mm-hmm. i'm really good at going i'm really good at self-correcting i'm really good at self-correcting yeah. I, and i mm-hmm. uh and so and but georgia's like a different kid you'll meet her on when you mm-hmm. when you leave georgia's like she got a she got a tattoo and she got a nose ring and I got so upset mm-hmm. with her and now I don't even notice mm-hmm. that shit and I go wow why did I even get upset that's where you'd be upset that I know the guy that wears that wear a shirt in public <laughs> uh, right yeah. yeah I got this on my I turned so, six years sober last week and I got my kids I've had I bet I don't know if you you Google worst tattoo ever Tom Arnold right now as a tattoo of Roseanne face i got right before we got divorced it was like a hail mary on the valentine's day right before we got divorced it took seven hours from my collarbone to my nipple and uh and it was hey there you go right there that's oh yeah fucking stupid oh my thing God. and i did what a dumbass i am and uh and then she's like i i thought she's gonna walk in the house we've been not getting along she's gonna walk in the house i'm gonna go honey uh i just want to say i love you and show her that and then i assume she'd go oh my god I, i'm sorry that we've been fighting I love you so much. Well, what she really did was, uh, I go, honey, I, I just want to share I love you. She goes, oh my God, you're an asshole. Just kept walking. And then I thought, oh shit, I'm the worst asshole. I'm an asshole with a giant fucking Roseanne tattoo on my chest. <laughs> Do like, you still have it? Oh no, it took a year and a half to get removed. It is worth it. It hurt <laughs> like hell. Do I have it? I have my star, David, obviously, but it was, uh, I was like, and then it, I immediately started getting it lasered off, which you could do. Yeah. But it takes, it takes a while. But they did a good job. There's no scar or anything. No, you can't see it at all. No. But uh, I have a scar where she stabbed me accidentally, pretty much. Uh, but I, <laughs> those are the good things, you know. And uh, But, yeah, I, 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 I finally did this thing here. And What's your daughter's tattoo? Uh, Dad? A black hole sun <laughs> oh, yeah. on her, on her, on, in her sternum. It's like a pretty aggressive place Ouch, to get that it. That hurts. That hurts. Yeah, and then. And then, well, and then now Isla wants one. They, they, they all want them. They all, all the kids want them. And, and I, and they're like, you should get one. And I was like, I don't want one. Like, yeah. I, don't, I can't think of anything I'd want. And they're like, get our names. And I was like, yeah. no. Well, it'd be funny. I'll tell you what, if you do it, I'll go with you and we'll film it. And the, the kids will be all there. And it, cause it's, it hurts a little bit. Really? Especially if they design it. I mean, it'd be hilarious yeah. to do your big dad I, do I something. I can't get it on my chest or anywhere because yeah. I, I perform shirtless and it's a distracting. Yeah. Can't get it anywhere on my top. Yeah. So it'd have to be 
Or like a butt cheek or a yeah, leg. Yeah, you could do that. You know, I had uh, my first tattoo was a mid eighties of of Roseanne, Rosie, and she got a, a tattoo that said "Property of Tom Ar Tom Arnold." on her butt, which may be the fourth largest property owner in California for a while. But uh, she had hers covered up, but I I also got that thing. But, you know, you got a million excuses why not. You get it on there, down here on your leg. And yeah. Just the fact your kid asked for it. Come on, man. Yeah. Oh. You got to get in there. Yeah. Well, the, the, yeah. It's funny. I, I've had boundaries. Isla almost killed me on a jet ski one time. And, uh, and it was like, it was like, I mean, she thought it was fucking hilarious, but I was like, I, she... Just really irresponsible. I was like, yeah. I'm not going to drive with you. You drive too fast. You don't know what you're doing. And she's like, Oh, you're being, you're overreacting. And then we got on the jet ski. And she's like, Hold on tight, big boy. And then oh fucking, yeah. And then cut it. Yeah. And she, we, and, but we were going too fast to get traction. So the jet ski just started sliding. Oh, Jesus. Caught. I went flying. Yeah. Jet ski hits me in the side. Oh, okay. And I knocks the wind out of me. And, she, and then when we get back, I go, We're going in immediately. And she's like, why are you overreacting? I'm not overreacting. Yeah, you're and right. And she's like, and then she says to Leanne, dad's about to tell you one of his dad's stories. And I was like, oh, motherfucker. Oh, my God. So then the next year, she's like, hey, let's go on the jet ski. I was like, I told you I'm never taking you on the jet ski. Mm -hmm. And she's like, you didn't really mean that, did you? Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, you almost mm -hmm. killed me. And then she does this thing where she gives me these eyes, and she's like, but dad. Mm -hmm. It's my favorite thing with you. Please. And then once yeah. we get on again, she's like, all right, hold on, big boy. And I'm like, she just likes to yeah. watch me lose my shit. Right, of course. Yeah. That's hilarious. So, yeah. And so. Yeah. She, she has a black hole son. No, Georgia has it right here on uh, her chest. And that's uh, that's uh, Chris Cordell saying that. Uh, yeah. I remember when I said I was in, the last time I was in rehab for the Benzos, uh, uh, Chris, amazing guy, hilarious guy, by the way. Yeah. A guy from my original group of guys very sweet obviously talented uh what i was thinking about not staying there i was thinking about well this will be easy i'll get to yeah i should i don't have to do a bunch of work on this and and we weren't supposed to read the paper but it came through i saw a thing on the internet that he died he committed suicide and so i called his wife and i said whoa my god what's happening and she said it was benzos he was taking too many and, it, and he had a, a strap to workout strap on his doorknob and he was touring and it was to do stretches and he had a great body by the way yeah. and uh and uh they'd gotten to an argument and and he hugged himself because and here's the thing i knew right then oh every time he walks by that strap of the bathroom door wherever he is in his mind he's like yeah i can hug i can hang myself with that that's yeah. and he starts playing that video and so he had this bad night and he was all messed up on uh bezos he felt bad he, he thought he was losing his sobriety he thought whatever whatever and he just played out that movie and hugged himself. I'm like, I need to work. I need to continue to work on this. Yeah. And so, you know, he was a, a very, very sweet guy. And it just like that, you know, and I, I'm sure that when you're on the road, not the, <laughs> I'm not equating you to people like me, but when, uh, you know, you have a lot of people with you. Mm -hmm. I, you have somebody. I have a lot of people with me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the people that go out there by themselves, I mean, you, I think about that now. I'm on the road doing a show in San Jose. Well, the, if I die here, I'm the only person here in this but because of our life. Yeah. You know, that it's what and I thought, well, what do I want? Do I want to die in front of everybody? I don't want that, too. So, you know, you just want to you just keep living. I, went, I walked by the room Geraldo died in. Oh, uh, God. I was in I was at Stress Factory. Mm -hmm. And I, I think maybe Vinny or the person at the front desk told me, you know, this is where mm -hmm. Geraldo died. Mm -hmm. And I went, what? 
And they're like, yeah, room dot, dot, dot. I forget the room number now. And I went, wow. And so I just went up to the floor and it was really eerie because it's, it sounds sane, but mm-hmm. it's a, it's a walk. We've all comics have taken a million times I've, I've been at the hotel. end yeah, of yeah. the night where you get up to the floor and you walk mm-hmm. to your room and you think this was his last walk to the room. Mm-hmm. And then you get outside there and you're like, and then I thought like, this is how a lot of us die mm-hmm. is just in a hotel room, mm-hmm. just at a fucking micro tell and, in. in mm-hmm in des moines iowa mm-hmm. well you know he yeah we were talking about roasting that fucking dude he was every roast me i just brought but he was so great i loved him he was amazing but you know it's another thing too and you think about this with your kids uh when i was young it wasn't you get all fucked up or you did this and die of heroin or uh, cocaine or drunk driving or whatever but this stuff with the opioids at one pill mm-hmm. i'm not saying he did one pill he did a lot of pills i also did a lot of pills yeah i'm very lucky but the shit that it, it's just, you could look right. You could be trib, you could do whatever, but you just have that thing. And a lot of times it's the opioid and the benzo, yeah. the Xanax and the pain medication. And, uh, very, uh, sad. I keep telling my daughters just, it's like, like yesterday it was Isla's birthday. So her, Georgia, my oldest took her and all her friends out to the beach and they all stayed at the beach for the night and then georgia came home left them all island her friends there my sister went out and then leanne just picked them all up and i i kept going just i kept texting make smart decisions make smart mm-hmm. decisions like don't because it's it i fucked up so much mm-hmm. so many times yeah where i just made bad decisions yeah. and i got lucky yeah and some kids make bad decisions yeah. and don't get lucky yeah some kids like so many kids make just a dumb decision and once that pill goes in your mouth you can't get it out yeah. it's all of a sudden it's over and i've i've taken pills yeah where i go i don't even really know what this is mm-hmm. you know yeah yeah like I, like yeah, yeah like you're telling me it's this i'll yeah. trust you yeah and we're in a hotel room in panama city yeah and you're telling me this is ecstasy yeah i guess it is and then but like i i i I fucking get worried for my kids well, so course. much. You grow it up, man. They they do make bad decisions. You know, you go, their brains aren't formed. And I see that with my son, especially. Like, I'll say, hey, the stove is hot. And he'll put his hand right up. That Now he knows. I'll say, don't plug that thing in like that. Your head, you'll get shocked. And then it gets, and you hope that when shit happens to him, <laughs> it's not life or death. They, it's something that he yeah. remembers. The other night he said, do you have a box cutter? I go, why do you need a box cutter? <laughs> well, I want to cut this thing up. And, and, uh, I'm like, okay, but it's very sharp. And, and he went out and all of a sudden he came back in and went in the bedroom and I was doing something. I went in there and, and I, I laid on the bed and I, I said, what's going on? So he just started crying. He was like, I, uh, I fell and I, I scraped my knee and I think it went to the boat. I have to have stitches and I look at it. It's just, it's a razor cut straight up. And, uh, I go, no, you don't have to get that. I'll, I'm going to take care of you and bandage you up and everything. And then he told his sister, which I do at the time. I just didn't think it was, yeah. you know, but you hope these little lessons. Because I remember, you know, my dad said, stay away from my skill saw. And the minute he left the house, me and my brothers would go turn it on. And I took a board. The first time I had it on, I cut the end of this finger off. God damn and it. And I was God so afraid of my dad being upset that I did. My bone was sticking out. I covered it up. And so at dinner... We're sitting there dinner. He goes, Tommy, let me see your head. And I go, he goes, the other head. I had it wrapped up with and it, it, it blood. And he goes, were you into my fucking paint? I go, and then I did the Hail Mary. I go, no, I got my finger off on the thing. Yeah. He's like, why didn't you tell me? 
Let's go to the hospital. My dad, my dad, uh, I remember I was cutting an orange one time oh, with, yes, uh, and I had, I had the orange in my yeah, hand oh, and I yeah. had the, the knife like this. And my right dad goes, Hey, uh, that's not how you cut an orange. Yeah. And I said, I'm fine. And he goes, yeah. <laughs> okay. And I just cut my hand open and, mm -hmm. and I go, why did you let me do that? And he goes, I told you not yeah. to, but you wanted to. And, and I was like, and I was like, so many of those things as a kid where my dad would be like i told man fire was the big thing when we were kids oh for sure Playing yeah that's, fire. yeah yeah that, that i don't think it ever goes away but the cutting thing steve howie i don't know if you know he is he started he was in shameless and uh the true lies tv sir very nice guy and we were uh do i do this little podcast called divorce party and he was on and i said about my son cutting himself and how i did and he goes no no his dad was a fisherman it's something about a rite of passage with uh, uh, boys and his dad said these are fillet knives these are the sharpest knives in the world to cut fish and he said he <laughs> took the knife and opened his head to see how sharp it was and just cut all the way deep oh down you know you do that yeah. thing you do that thing and you hope that you hope that with your with your girls that they have an experience that's not you know that they learn something from without you take it all the good stuff and they go i, I that i'm not going to do that anymore oh we they we were at an italian restaurant the other night and they put down the plate and they go this plate is very hot and me and my <laughs> daughter isla both touched it yeah both were like i want to ow fuck yeah. that burned me yeah and the lady's like we just said that was hot and yeah. georgia and leanne are just looking at us like mm -hmm. the fuck's wrong with you two that's funny um so wait real quick before we get you out yeah. of here what yeah. tell me about your podcast well, I, there's a woman named monica casey who uh uh great uh, i met her in the parking lot at school Again, I haven't had a date in six years. I, you kind of scour it over and say, hey, where's the, uh, what do we have in common? There, there's got to be a woman with kids the same age, same age so they can do a play date. And in my mind, we run into the closet. And do the thing. But uh, and I saw, she was a great mom, and I loved her with her kids. She was divorcing a guy from CSI, so it was a public thing, too, like uh, yeah. mine. And so we ended up having lunch, and it's, that's been totally, and we started talking about stuff, and then you know, a few months ago, uh, uh, she said, let's do a podcast because she had a divorce party. She got divorced with this guy. And this is something. And then was oh, going through it. It was terrible. And then all her friends had a party for her where she got, they say, karaoke. It's not exactly. Uh, she got drunk. She vomited. Then she made out with a stranger. And then that was it. It's like a bar mitzvah in oh, my like thing divorce where parties. you hit it. Yeah. You marriage. Everybody's always at big weddings, whatever. Divorce party. And now you can move on. And that's probably yeah. something I've never done. Maybe I, it would have been helpful. But uh, we talk and we bring people on. We have, a, I think, Margaret Cho's on this week. She's oh, in, for real? We have a good variety of folks. Yeah. So if you get divorced, let me know. We'll have you on. I would love that. It's not worth that. it. It's not, yeah. It's I would not, love that. Yeah. No, but I'm trying to think. I got a bunch of divorced friends. Yeah, please yeah. do, because comedians are the best. Oh, comedians. Yeah. Yeah. And then I wonder if I know any divorced, any good divorced talent. Yeah. We've had... Uh, you know, like a uh, 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 high conflict divorce therapist. We've had a divorce attorney, you know, to pick their brains. And that, but comedians are, because uh, they'll share their shit. They're, they're like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Cause it's, it's humbling. And a lot of people don't want to talk about it. And when you're going through a divorce, especially a high conflict divorce, nobody wants to hear about it. There's kids involved there. Yeah. Even your old buddies are like, yeah, that's too. I, I, so you kind of are on an island by yourself. So it's good to hear other people share what the heck their deal is i remember the first couple that we of our friends that got divorced i remember being like wait they didn't even talk to me about it and leanne's like you have nothing to do i go yeah but no but this like i didn't know we could get divorced so yeah. i didn't i thought we i thought all of us were in this forever yeah and she was like no they weren't and i was like 
fuck. How did it affect your relationship, you and your wife, with them? Because we a don't lot talk, people, we, we didn't stop talking to both of them. Yeah. Well, the the um, I think we'd probably stop talking to them before. Yeah. A little okay, bit. Okay, that's helpful. Yeah, and then, but and then it was like, it was like, it was funny to watch the two of them live their lives differently. Yeah. Like live their lives very differently. Like, uh, one of them decided that they were going to uh capture themselves and reclaim themselves and the other one was like i'm just happy to be out of it yeah so you know i, I think the first one was the woman and the second one was the dude i just yeah not, not say, but let me tell you something sometimes people are afraid <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. when the first yeah. per, first couple gets divorced sometimes they're like oh shit that's that's shit's contagious yeah they got the stink of divorce let's stay away from i don't want to catch what they got or i might oh, like what yeah. they got but you know it's a yeah i mean it's a you know, it's a heck of a thing. It's crazy. And I never do this. And friends like, fucking call. I got a divorce. I'm getting divorced that bitch. I fucking hate her. She's a, I never go, you know what? I'm glad because she's a bit never because they will get back together. Yeah. And then you'll be the odd man out. You're like, well, what can I do? No, that seems like let's slow down. We met. I, I, I had an interaction with a gentleman one time who we had known him and his I don't even think they were married. I think they were common law, right? right. They had kids. He was, but he he had blown up. His business had really blown up. And he, I kind of referenced him a little bit in my special, but uh, he left her. And it, and it, I thought she was attractive. I, mm -hmm. I was, I never really got that because I was mm -hmm. like, I was like, that, like, she's mm -hmm. not even ugly. Like, she's still kind of <laughs> hot. Like, like, what do you do? You have kids together. Like, yeah. what, what else do you need? Yeah. And I said something to him and he said to me, man you don't even you don't even know what the marketplace is do you and i was like what do you mean and he goes do you know how hot of pussy you could get mm -hmm. and he goes you're famous and you're rich mm -hmm. and you're a good guy mm -hmm. he's like dude you shouldn't stick mm -hmm. your head into the marketplace mm -hmm. and and then he said don't ever look at your dms on instagram mm -hmm. and so one day one day mm -hmm. one day this is well after that or a little bit after that mm -hmm. i'm doing I, i'm announcing the tops off world tour mm -hmm. i'm having dinner lunch with my wife and my manager mm -hmm. my agent and my manager says a woman says you should tell women to join in send pics of them in their in their fancy bras because like all women have a nice bra mm -hmm. send pictures and then you'll repost them and i bet it'll draw traction to the tops off world tour mm -hmm. all these great bra pictures mm -hmm. so i said cool i said leanne is that cool and she said yeah so i did a video video i said hey guys send me like tasteful pictures of you in your bras and like your nice bras yeah. so that i can repost now i had never been in my dms ever in mm -hmm. that moment like that I mean general dms right like, oh, I do. <clears throat> so i go into my general dms and the first picture is one of the hottest women mm -hmm. i've ever seen in a macrame bra like you know the kind of yeah yeah like the things that yeah. you'd hold plants up in <laughs> yeah, yeah a macrame bra yeah perfect boobs and says i want to have sex with you and your wife mm -hmm. and i'm like okay mm -hmm. and then the next one was another i mean just beautiful i'm the biggest fan mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden i'm in bed and for the first time i'm getting excited going into my dms going i'm gonna get yeah. pictures of chicks with yeah. tits and i went that's what he meant don't ever yeah. dip your toe into the marketplace yeah. well like, scary. you just have to if uh, if you do that you start thinking uh, let me know. I'll come over and punch you in the face because they're crazy. <laughs> yeah, they are insane. Yeah. They are insane. And uh, what is great, you and your wife have done is not brought any other bullshit into your because life's hard enough. 
it's funny you could talk about it. She's yeah. like, oh. but I remember at the end of Roseanne and I, she went on vacation with my 22 year old assistant and her 22 year old assistant. And they sent me a bunch of naked pictures of the three and that the assistants were just smoking hot, completely naked. They're just keep sending all three of them. And I'm like, okay, I'm not sure what this, this seems like a trap. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, this is going to go, this going to go bad. I mean, oh I saved the pictures, but well, I can <laughs> Photoshop, Photoshop, you can Photoshop your ex-wife out of pictures. They have a whole service that does that in case you're with the president or they're with naked uh, young women. With the but, uh, but I, uh, but I, I remember just thinking, okay, this is, you know, and you always think too, what kind of people are reaching out on the internet? I mean, people do that young people and uh, I'm sure they beat it, but, but you know, here's the thing, Bert, you can fuck a million women. You know that. Yeah. So you don't have to do it. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm also so bad at sex that I'm, I would, well, I, yeah, I, have too. Yeah, I would yeah. never want someone to see that. No, I would want someone like to see I, it. Either. It's, it's like, it's like singing karaoke. Mm -hmm. I only do it around people that I know aren't going to make fun yeah. of me. Well, no, <laughs> you want someone that likes you. Yeah. You know, and that's the thing. And you, you know, other guys like your buddy has a have opinion of what hot women are and you have a, you, you know, your, your wife is, is hot as she likes you. Yeah. And there's no, yeah, it'd be pathetic any other if you go, I want to be I'm thinking about this guy. But you did put your head on it, which is smart. And you have had that contest. And, oh, yeah. And you started thinking about it. I, I'm I'm pretty quick to go like, whoa, fuck. That's not. Yeah, that's not. Uh, there's one way this goes and it's not going well. We also think about what kind of super hot woman would want to be with you if you were just burnt. No, yeah. same with me. No, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no. yeah, yeah. Super hot, young, whatever. You're like, what? What if the real me? You know, be from Iowa or Florida. Oh yeah, if I, I was just yeah. selling boats, what yeah. super hot woman would want to be with me? Yeah, a a broken one. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Tom, I appreciate you doing this buddy, podcast. I'm sorry. Yeah, you thank saved you, buddy. My, you saved my, my, you saved my, you saved my thank marriage. Thank you, buddy. Yeah, I love your marriage. <laughs> I love it. I appreciate you doing this, man. Yeah, thank I, you. you were, congratulations. You've always on... been the kindest, coolest thank you. dude, thank and you, uh, and I'm a fan, and I and I fucking. And I'd love to have you back and do it again. Thank I could you. talk to you for hours. I wait all my luck to you and your family. You got a great thing going. I'm proud to know you. Thank you. I'll go introduce you to my daughter. Okay, that's it. This episode was brought to you by The Machine.